And I had that last time. Oh, you did? That's just, that's here. That's here for the shooting. Oh, okay. I just, the, I didn't whoever notice needs it. it. I didn't notice it because of the pile of onions. No, that um, we're not going to put out in the kitchen for other people to take. Fair but, enough. Yeah. No, All I brought right. that. I think I might've brought that with the onions, but they were, it was just a coincidence. They were not, they were not paired together. Not a, just, not a matched a pair. Yeah, it's a convenience enough. thing. Anyway, uh, shall we do this? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay. Enough of the pre-roll. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 45 of the Goulet Pen Cast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we are here from the Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we are going to talk about metal pens making your fingers smell weird. Our favorite underrated products, not pens, but other stuff. Uh, how much the photography at Goulet Pens is ours versus what's supplied by the manufacturer. So getting a little bit behind the scenes. Why are you pointing to yourself? Are you, t- my, are you like taking credit for it? Yeah, the, the photography of the company. You said ours. Ours, yeah. Like mine. You're part of it. <gasps> it's a collect- I have photography. It's a collective effort. Oh, boy. Um, color suggestions for newbies to branch out from the typical blue and black ink. Uh, which pen problem that we would solve if we could just magically do so. And we got a tip on pen storage. We're going to spotlight the Quaco Lilliput. And we get to fill you in on the nonsense that we have in our non-pen lives. So all that's coming at you today. Let's start it out with some feedback. Okay, this comes from our old friend David. If you'll remember David, he uh, yes, he David. was the besmircher of the Lummy 2000. Oh, I've got David written down in a journal of mine. That I'm just oh, no. kidding. I don't really. <laughs> You're cool, uh, David. You're so, cool. no, D- David uh, originally mentioned how maybe the Lummy 2000 is uh, overrated. We discussed that. It's not for everybody. Uh, but here's what David has to say. Mm. Coming back, and he says, okay. As the originator of this question mm. and the one-time vocal critic of the Lummy 2000, I have an admission. I have just bought another one. Whoa. David. Is David swinging the pendulum the other way now? Um, he said it's a fine nib and it's currently loaded with Pelican 4001 chocolate brown in Drew's honor. Brilliant brown. Wow. Is that brilliant brown? I felt 4001, chocolate right? Brown. Yeah. Is chocolate brown different? I think, it, I think that's brilliant brown. Maybe it's yeah. called chocolate brown. I don't know. Either way. He spelled honor, H-O-N-O-U-R. So I'm thinking maybe he's... In the European genre, oh, so maybe it's geography? not called. Maybe it's not called Brilliant Brown. Over I don't there. know. I'm curious now. Oh, I'm curious. You would probably like chocolate. You probably more. appreciate chocolate brown more than Brilliant Brown. I mean, I do like chocolate. In your opinion, brown cannot be brilliant, which I you've think, gone on record. I think as chocolate saying. can be brilliant. I'll All tell right, you that much. much. But I love that comment. So <laughs> enjoy your 2000, David, and That's thank awesome. you for sharing that with us. Um, we also learned through our super intelligent YouTube comment section, mm. who uh, your collective intelligence is far surpasses mine or Brian's. Um, you, oh, truth, we maybe. talked about. Brian mentioned how there is wet water last time. What did you talk that was about? My random fact. It yeah, was the, the fire hose, right? Yeah. 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 So everybody was like, "Yeah, that's a thing." Um, and in fact, it is used in multiple applications. And mm. one person mentioned that farmers use it so that water doesn't pool up in droplets on plant leaves. It covers it more evenly because Mm. surfactant is used to make water wetter because it actually breaks down surface tension within the water itself. It's Mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. a reaction that happens to break Mm -hmm. down surface tension. So it just Mm -hmm. becomes 
more uh, juicy. I guess. Juicy? I don't know. So uh, that that really makes a lot of sense. But it, would be, it would make it less viscous, I think. Yeah, or just yeah. I, th- it, I think it's a surface right. tension thing. It just doesn't hold itself together as much. Our surface, so, our surface tension and viscosity. I know they're not the exact. They're not same the same thing, thing, but they're probably related. But they're related, right? Yeah. There's something there. Oh boy, Drew and I are like walking well, right up to the edge the of the thing. cliff. Some, of someone what also we know. mentioned that like there's a there's <laughs> a experiment you can do where you can lay a really really light object on water and have it sit there via surface tension, like yeah. a paperclip or something super uh-huh. super light, uh-huh. and then you add soap to that water, mix it up, do the yeah. same thing, and yeah. it falls right down. Huh. Yeah, I, I remember being a kid and doing the experiment where you have like a hand soap or something like that, and you have it kind of it's like floating on the surface. No, wait, sorry. You have uh, pepper. You take pepper, like flake, flake pepper, and it, mm-hmm. it floats on mm-hmm. top. And then if you take your finger and put soap on it, and you stick it down, it will like spread out and make like these holes. And the, the pepper won't sink down; it'll stay on the top, but it'll like repel because of the that's soap. so cool. I don't, I don't know that that's the same thing that we're talking no, about. No, it's different, but, but it's still cool. Still yeah. fun experiments to try at yeah, home. Yeah, lots and of fun I'd be willing, and we, we, we both know that there is surfactant in our pen flush, our Goulet yes. pen flush, to yes. make it flow through your pen yeah. neater. And I'd be willing to bet that any pen, any pen ink with mm-hmm, a lubricated mm-hmm. aspect, that's, that's probably yeah, surfactant. Hundred percent. That's what you're dealing with. Look at that. I don't know if it's the same. I mean, yes, surfactant. There's a lot of different. Right, surfactants. It's basically, it, it might, basically it might, soap. Right. right, it might not be Dawn, but it is yeah. something that causes a breakdown of the surface yeah. tension, allowing for a greater flow or sure. just wetter ink. Just yeah, I think glycol. I think is that the thing that uh, that's like some people like. I've seen in pen forums and stuff like that. Some people buy like pure glycol and actually put that in their ink to help with ink flow. I've never really experimented with that. I hope it's glycol. I hope I'm saying that right. Either way, I thought that was really fascinating and another great reason to peruse our YouTube comment section. If that's not something you do, there's always so much great discourse and information there. So Drew and I will randomly bring topics up, not know what we're talking about and be like, huh, maybe somebody in the comments can clarify what we're we're talking about. Yes, we rely on all of you heavily. So (laughs) you came through on that one. Thank you once again. And then finally, um, a lot of comments, Brian, about how you were talking about how your son Joseph puts Legos on every vertical surface um, in the house. Obviously, Did I say vertical? Obviously, you meant horizontal, but we got a lot of comments. No, about I meant vertical. Saying, He's really into Legos. That's he what I said. Like, I was, I was like, I was like maybe things. Brian's son defies physics. You know, you don't know. <laughs> but uh, just a PSA, mm. if at this point you haven't adapted to the frequent saying mm. of opposite things that we intend uh, yeah. by both Brian and I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be in for a time oh, yeah. because this is going to happen every episode at yeah. least uh, 6,000 times. I'm in particular notorious for that. Like if you watch some of the early videos, I mix up cartridge and converter all the time yeah. and I would catch it in the edit. And so I would be like, well, it's too late now. And I would just see a lower third be like, well, I really meant this. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do the same thing all the time. So uh, enjoy that. You can still comment mm-hmm. about it and tell us no and let us know, but yeah, uh, it's not going to stop. Just keeping you on your toes. Yeah. We're just trolling for comments. That's all. That's it is. It. We just want people to comment, engage, engage more. No, not really. Uh, okay. We got some other feedback. Uh, got some people. Thank you for all the birthday well wishes. That's right. Yeah. Welcome to 38. You know, it was a long time coming, but uh, here I am. I'm now joining Drew in his aged wisdom of being 38. Um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty Whatever. Feels about the same as it did before, but uh, Puneet says, Happy birthday, Brian. Wishing you smooth running lawnmowers, powerful sledgehammers, toothy reciprocating saws, and strong snatch blocks. 
Puneet, I used every single one of these tools on my birthday. Did you really? I literally did. What? Yeah, Even I did. Even the snatch blocks? Yeah, I did. Oh, I took some trees down and I was using snatch blocks. I was cutting up stumps and yeah, lawn mowing. Yep, I did all that, literally. So that, I was very, very satisfied when I saw that Happy comment. birthday. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Nickabod79 says, hate to say it, but having strong opinions about toothbrushes and bringing in onions to work is peak almost 40, Brian. Happy almost birthday. You've arrived. I have apparently arrived. Do you remember you complaining about the toothbrush last episode? About the tongue scraper thingy? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You didn't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm remembering it right now. And it's making me mad. Oh, my gosh. Though I can say I'm drinking coffee right now, which I don't always do during this pencast. Drew's like super good about that. I usually need coffee, but I don't like have it together to actually get coffee before we do this thing. And uh, I'm thinking like... I could probably use a little tongue scraping right now because I got a little bit of that, a <laughs> little bit of that stuff on the tongue, you know? So like maybe I shouldn't be so hard on the toothbrush, but I could also just use the bristles and that would get the same job done. Anyway, See, look at this. You, you, you want, getting you, back into it, man. It's getting me riled up. Anyway, um, Cheryl also says, in addition to all the lovely pen and ink details in today's pen gast, I enjoyed the Goulet Gourmet segments, tacos, cowtails, let the onion be, Drew. And last but not least, have your pickle. Only you guys could discuss all these subjects and end on wetter water and have it all make sense. Thanks for another entertaining pencast. Well, there are I'm, a lot of things. I'm glad it makes sense to you, a Cheryl. A lot of things were said there. There's, if you take what some of what we say out of context, you're like, what in the world is Let any the onion of this? be. Let the onion be. Take the pickle. We literally keep a list of quotes of things that various people say around our office. We've been keep doing this for years. And taken out of context, there's some absolutely hilarious there is. things in there. We won't get into it now because I can tell we're already going long. Uh, and then Katie says, Brian, I briefly picked up a Yurushi pen at a pen show last year and my fingers itched like crazy for several days. You're not alone. No visible rash, but it was uncomfortable. Uh, I'm allergic to half of nature, though, so I'm not surprised that I've got the one in a thousand anti-Yurushi gene. Well, sorry to hear that, Katie, but uh, the fact that it only stayed on your fingers and didn't go all over the rest of your body means I win the allergic Yurushi contest. Not that it's a contest, but um, I am in solidarity with you because that kind of stinks, but there you go. It's a thing. Yurushi allergy is a thing, though not a thing for very many people, thank goodness. You know, someone also mentioned in the comments that Audrey Madison over at uh, Franklin Christoph, their nibmeister, um, yeah. she she has the same sensitivity. Same thing? Yep. Well, Allegedly. I, that's just what there someone in the go. comments said. There you go. Okay. I mean, a lot of people are sensitive to like poison ivy and stuff like that, and it's yeah. the same active ingredient, yep. but allergic to the degree where touching a finished pen and having a breakout from it is pretty uncommon from what I see, but... I don't know. All right, that's what we got for feedback this week. Now, moving on to new stuff. Right, so new stuff. First thing I've got is a new Visconti Il Magnifico. Those are pretty if pens. You like extremely heavy, very cool and rather ornate pens. These ones are pretty awesome. You know what I'd like? I'd like one literally made of stone. You know what, True? You can get that. This is the fifth one they've made, made of actual marble. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rad, and it's super heavy. And if you post it, it's 
like unusably heavy. It's for extra challenge. <laughs> if, you, if you want an extra challenge to your writing, that's what you do. Yeah, but it is pretty pretty darn rad. So gorgeous pen. The craftsmanship's amazing. Um, and uh, so this one is uh, Verzino Green made with Verzino di Fabrosa marble, which is an Italian marble and uh, sterling silver. Uh, cap and trim and all that kind of stuff. That's part of why the cap's so heavy because it's like basically solid silver. So also why it's uh, in the upper price range, pushing over two grand on this one. It's less than $10,000. It is in more than two grand, but uh, gorgeous pen. I mean, just gorgeous. You do not see a pen made of marble every day. No. Uh, I think I'd faceted marble too. Like I imagine it'd yes. be easier to make this barrel round, right? I don't think it's easy to make any pen out of marble. That's right. <laughs> I have no idea. And then you have to hollow it out to create that to create enough space yeah. for their piston mechanism. Yeah, because there's stuff in there. It's the power filler. I bet. Power do you filler think? Do there. you think they have a pretty uh, high breakage rate on these? I would have to imagine. That's probably part so. of the cost. Is yeah. You're dealing with a natural material. You got to. You don't know it. where the little fissures are. Yeah. There's going to be material. imperfections yeah. and stuff like that. The reject rate's got to be very high. Mm-hmm. So not only is it hard to, to make you know a pen like this but you're probably gonna have a high reject rate and that marble can't be cheap granted you know it's a relatively small amount of it did you say pen. granite did i say granite gosh no I'm, it's a marble joke i actually don't know oh did i say granite i don't granted I don't, oh that's what i said i was trying to be funny because no gra- i thought i said granite instead of marble no because, because marble we, and we just talked about us saying no, the wrong no, thing no no, no 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 i just thought it'd be a joke okay, it's okay. that it's, is funny right. but i didn't get it uh anyway very cool pen go check it out if you're interested it's new to us and then we have we just talked about the diplomat elox last week and we were like yeah we'll get the blue one at some point well we got it like two days later so we have it now uh, you can go check it on our website. So it's basically the same black anodized aluminum pen with blue rings instead of orange. Do you so, know what someone told me in the comments, Brian, last week's they, episode? What did they tell you, Drew? Some anodization facts. Ooh. So remember how okay. we were talking about okay. how this pen might have been made? Mm. Um, we suspected that maybe there we was speculated. some... We, we speculated. We speculated that maybe there was some masking involved. Okay. This person claims uh-huh. that... That would not be necessary because really? you can only anodize something once. So huh. what this person said confidently, and I, I'm I tend to believe them. I don't know. Okay, just heard it in the text that you would be anodizing the whole thing black. Okay, and then carving out and some engraving chunks. the rings. So, so out. well, no, no carving. Carving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Engraving the rings. Whatever, yeah. And then so that it's just raw aluminum. You're exposing the raw alum- mm-hmm. aluminum. And then again. anodizing the whole thing blue or orange. But only the only the color would stick inside the newly revealed yep. metal. Be- because anodization is oh. a like at, done at like the chemical like a chemical bonding level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't anodize over anodization. Yeah, okay. Um, allegedly. Okay. So I don't know. That Because it's not like layers of paint that are like right. adhering to themselves. Right. Interesting. Okay. So okay. Maybe that's how they do it. I that gets that whole process. Google could solve this for us, but I uh, I, I've tried to look at it before. It's pretty complicated. Yeah, yeah. Anodization is complicated. I've talked to people that have done anodization. They say calculus is involved, and I'm like, nope. Okay, I'm done. No, not for me. No, thank you. Uh, Anyway, we have the Elox Blue now. It looks pretty rad. It does. I think it looks better than orange because it's it's blue. Orange is better. They both look really good, honestly. They do. It's it's hard to say. So anyway, if you're interested in that, if you like the arrow and you wanted something that's not the arrow but close to it and has some blue, go check out the LX Blue. That's what I got. How about you, Drew? Well, last week we launched another Monteverde tool pen, Brian. Oh, yeah. And love that pen. Because the tool pen isn't already audacious and unnecessary enough. I don't think it's audacious. Look at it. It's... 
there's a word to describe it that I can't. Outrageous. Place. I don't know about outrageous. It was in my top ten most outrageous pens list. Okay. Okay. I guess. All right. I guess. Um, either way, now it's available in full-on rainbow. Perfunctory? Is that a word? Why is that popping in my head? I don't know. I don't know it what that shouldn't. means. Get your you keep talking. I need to know what this word is. Anyway, the tool pen is available in a new color, and it is all rainbow, so it is every bit as noticeable as you would like for it to be, and it is every bit as useful as you used to think it is. If you used to think that this thing was for you or a friend, then it still is exactly that. If you used Drew's, to think it was completely unnecessary and Drew's useless. Tried, Drew's tried so hard not to just hate on this pen. Well, here's the thing. I it's can't. It's not his jam. I can't hate the pen because <laughs> it's like you, we were talking earlier about how some food is good, but we don't like it. Like yeah. that's what this. Or music. Or, like, yeah. This is like you're you can, like you, this musical artist. I see why people like them. Right. But I don't. Right. Or this food. Like you can eat like a really nice meal. Like this is this is good. But I don't I don't I don't like it. You know. Hmm. This it's kind of like this. I cannot argue with the what, success what, of the tool pen. The tool what, pen is a good pen because so what, people what, love it. They're happy with it. What food is that for you? What, what food don't? What food do you wish that you could like? Because it would just like make things easier. Oh, like, uh, it would just be easier. Guacamole and avocado. You don't like guacamole? No, I hate it. I not. I used to not like it. I hate it. Okay. And I will try it regularly too. And I'm like, no, it's still disgusting. It's slimy and it is kind of slimy. I'll give you that. And but but it's so good for you. I it wish really I could good. enjoy it on toast and stuff. I I feel like I'm yeah. missing out on something because I hate it so much. Your life probably would be easier as a millennial too. To, I know. To not like I'm avocado, gonna have my millennial. They, they already rough. took away my nerd card for not knowing about 42, and I'm gonna get my millennial card taken away. What am I left with? You know, the first time I ate. The first time that I, I'm a bad millennial too. The first time that I ever ate avocado toast, which I feel like is just like the icon for millennial hipsterhood, right? Uh, the first time I ever ate it is when I went to visit Lamy back in 2018 oh. at their place up in Soho. So I was in Soho and went to this like just sickeningly trendy, <laughs> You're literally gagging, <laughs> sickeningly trendy lunch place where like avocado toast was their main feature. And I was like, I feel like I have to do this. Do you have peanut butter? And then I had it and I was like, this is actually pretty good. Like I, just, I, did, yeah. I did not hate it. <laughs> it was I'm really, sure it was pretty good. good. I just, I just it was like $12 and I was like, yeah. this is ridiculous, but it was New York. So but, but the tool pen is a, an objectively good pen. It's successful. People like it. They are, you know, often said like, this is exactly what I need or this is exactly what my father-in-law needed. Um, it's not my jam, but it's just such a, obscure pen it's the, the it's the fast and furious of pens you're gonna you you, you see the uh what <laughs> okay you're you see the trailer I, I hear what you're saying but i feel like that's a dig <laughs> i feel like because i know how you feel about the tool pen okay and i know how you feel about fast and furious right, as a franchise see, if you see it you're gonna instantly know if it's for you or not that's that's it that's it if you see the trailer for fast and furious you're gonna be like absolutely or no and that's the tool pen <laughs> It's there's there's no there's no gray area. You're gonna know immediately okay, that yes or no. There's no like ooh maybe a tool pen. No no no. You know it's pretty. You know what you see is what you get. Yeah. So okay. I appreciate that about the tool pen. All right. Um, All right. Also, pilot cartridges, Brian. We don't often get to say there are new pilot cartridges <laughs> available. Often not. In worth fact, saying much about. In fact, I don't know <laughs> if we've ever had a new pilot cartridge since I started with the company. We have not seen a release of new pilot cartridges. We have not carried them and then carried them. 
So we've talked about them because we've carried them. Okay, you know what I mean. previously we hadn't, but there hasn't been like... Anyway. There's a new one in the world. And, and yes, there's a new... And they're, they're pilot slash Namiki cartridges. So they're the ones mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you would see... You know, the same shape anyway that you would see come packaged with pilot pens, mm-hmm. except now there are three new colors. Orange, yeah, pink, mm-hmm. and light blue. Okay. And all three of them look really nice. Yeah. I had to swab them, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... You got to swab them. Well, here's the thing. That's the that's the. I say positive way I to say, say that. I say had because you was, you've, you've swabbed cartridges before. It's it's, it's not fun. You got to want it. You got to really want it. You have to like so. You got to like puncture it and then like syringe it out of there. Right, but and then, then like drip it onto the Q-tip. Yep. Sort but then of the, thing. the first one, I, I syringed it out of there, but then I couldn't get the rest. I was using disposable pipettes, and then I'm like, I can't reach <laughs> the stuff at the bottom, so I need to dump it. But it wouldn't. I couldn't dump because it was you know only one exit so you know how liquid does it just sticks in there yeah so i'm like all right let me kind of puncture the back of it and as soon as i did that all the liquid oh. just went boosh wow out. i know i know that's one of those things you do and immediately you're like you do yep. once you're like yep that was dumb. that was that was physics I did that physics did what it was mm-hmm. supposed to do yeah so. mission accomplished yeah either way <laughs> i got it done they're very pretty and they're surprisingly saturated too okay so i like them a lot very cool um especially the uh, orange i was really surprised by that yeah yeah it was more vibrant than i expected i was expecting it to be kind of weak but interesting so anyway pilot cartridges available something new something interesting and um yeah also we talked a while ago about the term nib chameleon Mm -hmm. meaning if you're a nib chameleon you don't care what nib size you're all about the pen and you can can change you can can adapt you can change your colors to fit the nib the writing experience and we were like that's a great term we should make a sticker out of that and i said we would make a sticker out of it and it never happened did it it's happening. It's on the way. Rachel ordered some the other day, yeah. so they're coming. I'll let you know when they're here, but I just wanted to remind you about the Nib Chameleon. I do not want you to forget about the Chameleon because the sticker looks rad. It looks really cool. It looks really cool. So you'll see it maybe next week. Stay tuned. There you go. Okay. Good deal. I was going to say my food, going back to the food thing. Oh, yeah. What is your food? Uh, horseradish. You wish you could like horseradish? If I liked horseradish, there's so many sandwiches and stuff that I could just order easier. I would like, you know, uh, was it cocktail sauce mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of stuff. I just, I horseradish to me, it, it dominates my mouth. If there's any horseradish, I can't even scrape it off the sandwich. Like it has to never touch the sandwich. Really? Yeah. Because if I, if I taste that horseradish. Even cocktail sauce? That totally dominates? I, I hate it. Yep. Wow. It's disgusting. Yeah. It just, you know. A lot of people love it. What about horsey cool. sauce from the Arby's? No. Because that's really weak. No. Really? Okay. Nothing. Not even a trace. Oh, man. All if right. anybody handling the food even looks at or thinks about horseradish, ruins my meal. Is that why you were acting weird toward me the other day? You were thinking about horseradish, I was. weren't you? I was. That's what did it. I didn't tell you, but oh that's my what did God, it. that yep. explains yep. so much. There you go. You know what to do to troll me now. You got to think about horseradish. Let me look at you. All right. That's it for new stuff. I don't know how we get on all these topics, but we are in a very tangential mood today, uh, which leads us well into our next segment, the Q&A. Okay. This first question comes to us from Ashley, who okay. is in the lab. She is in the lab. I see that. And Ashley in the lab asks, mm. do metal pens like the Lilliput, the Quebeco Lilliput, okay. leave a smell on your hands? Mm. Leave a smell. This is one like of those a metal, things like, a metallic smell. A metallic yeah. smell. You know, I think about like 
smelly pens, obviously, like Noodler's pens come up as the primary one. And we definitely have gotten feedback about that smell lingering on hands. Mm-hmm. So I'm that's kind of what I'm thinking of. That's like my baseline for okay. smell of pen on hands. Okay, there we go. We, we have our... We have our uh, those aren't metal, though. Our constant. Yeah, those aren't metal. Um, I am known in this pen cast to work with tools and things in metals. You've mentioned it uh, once or twice. Yes. So I can say definitively, yeah, you can definitely smell metal on your hands after you've been handling, especially like raw metals. So I would say if you're dealing with a metal pen, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to leave a smell on your hands. Not all metals have strong smells. Not all metals are raw. Like some of them are coated mm-hmm. and things like that. If it's coated, like if it's an anodized aluminum or something like that. Uh-huh. You're not actually touching the metal itself. You're touching the coating. Um, even a lot of nibs, they can be plated and stuff like that. So you, I mean, I guess they're usually plated in a precious metal. So you are touching the metal, but doesn't necessarily metal. mean you're going to, yeah. Precious metals, I don't think really have any smell to them. When I think of metals that I know that smell, I think of copper. I think of brass. I guess like any of the metals that would patina, anything with like an iron content would probably oh, be more, yeah. you know, like it's going to oxidize and stuff like that. There's Those reaction the ones, happening. Yeah, yeah, there's something happening yeah. there. So anything that would patina or that your hand oils would react to, I would think those would be the ones that would be most likely have a smell. Yeah, raw aluminum, probably not so much. I mean, uh, it does eventually. It can, it can, but I've never personally noticed a smell no, but of like aluminum, raw, especially on my hands. Like, like raw brass and copper, those will just start patinating. Patinizing or patinating, I think is the... Patinate or patinize. I cannot remember which one is the correct one. Someone will tell us. I see them thinking already. Yes, they are. They are. Um, don't think about horseradish. That, that'll happen within days. It'll happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of like if you're using a pen, I mean, I think about, okay, have I used a lot of raw metal pens, for, especially for like an extensive period of time? I feel like copper pens, but I got to get like up in my, like, <laughs> I got to like really, up in the nose. it's not like I'm writing with a, a metal pen and then I'm just like smelling it just as I'm going about my day. The times where I've done that, I've like intentionally had the pen like near my face. Yeah. Maybe to smell it or maybe I'm just like, I'm a fidgeter and I gesticulate with my hands a lot when I talk as anyone who's ever watched me in any video has seen. Uh, I talk a lot with my hands. So I'm constantly moving my hands around, putting things near my face. So I definitely smell metal pens, but really I, I think copper is pretty much the only one I would even give it a second thought. Yeah, I have used a copper pen before and put it down and like just have my hand like up to my face, like even around here. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, it smells like, like, oh, it smells like pennies. Pennies, yeah, 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 which I hate. Which is actually not copper, really. No. Pennies no. are like 99% zinc. Yeah. And there's like not much copper. Yeah. But still. um, But it's, they definitely, especially old pennies, definitely have that smell. They do. I have a yeah. lot of old pennies. And yeah, so yeah. I would say like, it's this, not pleasant. this to me strikes into that, like some people are more sensitive to certain things. Some people have metal allergies. Like that is actually something more to consider. I've heard of a few people, and this is not a lot, but a few people who are fountain pen people that have a nickel allergy or something like that, where they're dealing with like chrome plating or stainless steel or some kind of um, alloy that might have nickel or some other metal in it. And they're like, they need to know what the trim of a given pen is oh. because if it has whatever nickel or whatever component in it, they can't hold those pens. They'll have an allergic reaction. I'm like, oh, dang, that is something to consider. You know, So I think there's something around that probably that maybe, I don't know if smell would be a concern if you have like some kind of allergy or sensitivity to it. Again, not super common, but maybe that's the only thing. But you know, short of like the pens that I know that are like, 
think of like the Kuwaiko uh, pens that have been like raw brass or, you know, things like that. I know we've carried several brands over the years that have been basically solid metal. Think of the Traveler's Pen, um, you know, things like that that I know are solid metal. Those might be the only ones to consider. I wouldn't worry about it, certainly with any trim, because I don't really don't think that that's an issue. No. But I, I, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say like, you know, any commentary at all about a metal smell on their hands. But I, I, I there's the, uh, um, the Supra is, uh, mm-hmm. um, brass. There's a brass mm-hmm. one, the fire blue that's made of steel, mm-hmm. but it's fired. So I don't know if that yeah, probably, really, probably less I haven't really so. noticed. And I don't know if there's a code. I don't even that. know if we have a copper pen currently. Uh, a solid copper pen? I don't think we do. I'd have to look on the website. We have carried them like here and there over the we years. We have, but at this they're, point. They're I'd... tough to make. Yeah. So I know we've carried like tactile turn back in the day. Um, do we have a copper Lilliput? We do have a copper Lilliput. Yeah, yeah, we do. That popped in there. And we're talking about that. We have the copper yeah. touch, which is a limited edition pen. That's, There's no uh, copper there though. Stipula. Um, that's all in resin. Oh, you're right. We used to carry a copper Conklin Duragraph. Remember, it was like raw copper. We had a brass one and we had a another metal one, titanium. Do you remember those? Oh, this is like years. Those ago. I think I think they might have been Enduras. They might have been or Durga. Or they were Nighthawks. I can't remember. I think they might have been Nighthawks. I think they were. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going back years here. Yeah. Anyway, still. so yes, we've had we've handled metal pens over the years, but I've never like had anybody say yeah. anything copper, about copper. Copper can have a smell, pretty much. Yeah, it's only one I'd really give it a second thought. Yeah, I agree. But don't let it deter you. If you think it's cool and you really like the pens. Copper is also uh, antibiotic as well, so uh, it is pretty helpful. Um, not antibiotic. Um, oh, that's right. I uh, said that wrong. Antimicrobial. Antimicrobial. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It won't cure your whatever diseases. <laughs> Don't try it. No, but it's more sanitary version of a pen, I guess. That's what I hear. Brass but, is to a degree. Yeah, I've also heard that that... Anyway, I don't know. I've heard mixed things about like... Um, that it's like overhyped yeah, or whatever. Or, or maybe it was just in terms of COVID. I'm not sure. Either way. I'm not. Oh. I'm not qualified to speak on it. Regardless, yeah, we're jumping off the cliff. Of yeah, things we don't know what we're talking about quickly. So we're gonna move on to the next question, um, which is from a ab what in I. So I'm sorry, A B C R E eight S. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that in any way, but mad props for coming up with a Brian unpronounceable name. Um, and this one's very simple. Just favorite underrated products. I like this one because Simple. we've Simple. talked about underrated inks and we've talked about underrated pens. We have. Um, so that leaves well, kind they, of the, no, they the didn't, They didn't say specifically like, don't talk about those right, things. Right, But you thought it would be fun to take it because we have had way. we have had those you know we but we bit. covered yeah. it and we made you know we cut out that section of the pencast and made its own standard video there so we go. definitely don't need to get into that again but yeah there definitely are some other products that don't fall into mm. the pen or uh ink category paper we're totally ignoring though so sorry paper um, underrated paper is tough that's really tough there's no like universal consensus on yeah most anyway paper. we don't need to get into paper okay um but yes accessories accessories, accessories. so okay. i definitely think there are some my favorite underrated accessory mm-hmm. is actually a pen but you just said we weren't going to do pens Drew. i know but this is are different you Brian. Lying? are you no, a lying liar no. who lies i use it as an accessory so for me a glass pen is not pr- primarily used for writing 
I've never like but sat down and let pen. me. It is, it so... is, but for me, it is a tool for ink testing. So if you if you need to decide whether or not the ink sample that you got is actually worthy of being inked up in a pen, mm-hmm. a great way to actually get it to paper without having it run through a feed and have to clean the feed because you know how I feel about oh, cleaning. Avoid at life all is so costs. Hard. Life is so. Hard. I don't want to do it if I don't have to do Let's it. Let's all Brian. collectively just you di- cry oh for Drew. Anyway, you dip it's a glass so, pen. It's so tough to be it, surrounded by these great pens all the time that you're just forced to ink up hit and that use mute button right there. All day long at your job, and you get paid to play with all these pens. It's just, it's tough. I think we all feel for Drew right now. It's just, uh, we're here. We're your scene, Drew. Anyway, you're seen right now. Anyway, <laughs> this man. <laughs> Glass pens are great for ink swatching, testing. If you have a little book or like a color ring, they're great to doodle in that. Yeah. After you ink up your pen, what I like to do is I'll ink up my pen with a new ink. I will take my glass pen, write the name of it in my uh, color ring, and then take a cotton swab and swab it. So, um, wait, no. I will use my pen usually. But sometimes I don't Mm. use that ink, and I'm using it for other purposes. I'm like, I'm testing a swab for work, and I don't have it in a pen. I'll still put it in my color ring. Either way, glass pen is great for just playing with inks, trying shimmering ink, stuff you don't want to run through your feed, but you Mm -hmm. still want it to look cool. Yeah. You know, not necessarily for long writing sessions. Or like, I'm not going to write a journal with a glass pen. Or if you want to like, do weird tests on it, like for water resistance and stuff exactly, like that. Yeah. Smear testing. Stuff. Yeah. That's so, really so to me, handy. that's a utility. I, I use it as a utility um, product. Okay. Okay. Now, if that one's not allowed, though, I would like to... Yeah, I feel like you should pick a non-pen right. thing. Like, yes, I see what you're saying. All right. But it's, well, still kind of, it's still kind of a pen. It's not a fountain pen. That's true. Um, that's true. But I want... Let me tell you, I would like to say the desk blotter. Because I okay. think they're cool. That's legit. That's a but, very legit pick. But I don't like it. What? I don't. I can never get them to work. So you're part of this underrated. Like you're you're. If someone can get you're it, underrating it. I, well, I don't know because I'm what here. are you? Do, what are you calling it right now? You're saying it's a great product, but you don't like it. I always get excited when I forget about. It. I'm like, oh, desk blotter. Those are cool. I'm going to use that. Okay. And I use it and it just smears my ink. It just like smushes it. I think you're doing it wrong. If that's well, the case. How am I supposed to do I don't know, in a way that doesn't smear a lot. It. Help me to not make it underrated and not just something I'm bad at. I I, I, I think that I like use it when you. my ink is too wet. It depends on the ink. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm like, all right, let me just do this so I can flip the page. And then I yeah. do it and it just squishes it. makes it all feathery okay. and smooshy. Okay. I will say, if you're using, are you talking about the Urban blotter? Yeah. With like the pink paper that comes on it? Yeah, it's not like have. the most absorbent blotter paper that I've ever seen. Well, we need to carry better stuff. So, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> come on now. <laughs> I, th- I think that, that, yes, if you have a ton of ink on there, yeah, yeah it, you can end up like, pressing the ink and like spreading it out which i'm usually like using tome away and it's not drying fast enough oh well okay well yeah there but you that's go. when you need it most it is it is yeah so you like the concept of it it's i do not, it's not and I, le- and I would love to just have it on my desk like look at my desk blotter okay. my wooden desk blotter i feel like that's this. a pretty classic like yeah desk you know i think thing so to have you know so like, i want to oh, love it look, i want to write i'm more. a writing person but maybe you know. you'll have better success so i'll include that and then my utilitarian glass okay. pen that's not a pen so I'll say I, I like, I actually end up using blotting paper more in a notebook. I use it as almost like a bookmark of sorts. So I'll keep that in my book, in my notebook. And then when I close the notebook, you know, it's not, I'm not actually moving the paper or anything. I'm mm. just like, you know, closing it pretty gently. And then it just absorbs all the extra ink. So in that case, 
that's less of the desk blotter. That's more of just blotting paper. And it doesn't smear for you? Um, not really. I mean, I'm not like going ham on it like You're you are, like apparently. Really slamming it? No. I try to be kind of cognizant of okay. it, but I haven't, you know. I don't See, know. I'm usually, I usually try to do it when I'm writing letters and I want to fold it and go. Okay. And I don't have time I to let that. it sit out and dry. So I'm like, let me blot that. this so I can fold it. I can see that. Because I don't yeah. want it to fold. I don't want to create a Rorschach test when I fold it. I, I get you. I get you. I don't know. I'm going to tell you, Drew. You All got, right. You got problems. Okay. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I I had a tough time. I was thinking like... Ooh, you've got a good one here. Yeah? You oh. like them? You, you, I, which I one? see one I, I want to I listed several things. Is it the second bullet point mm-hmm. that I have? Okay. That's a good one. Um, so, I think that a lot of accessories are underrated, caveat, until people use them. And then those people that use them, it becomes adequately rated. Like most accessories in the fountain pen world are things that seem kind of weird when you are just new to fountain <coughs> pens or have nothing to do with fountain pens. You're like, why in the world do you need a ear and ulcer syringe, like bulb syringe? The thing? boogie sucker. The boogie sucker, like yeah. you're at the hospital when you have a kid. Like, why do you need that thing? And then as soon as you use it, you're like, this is the greatest tool ever for fountain pens. So like there's a lot of accessories I think fall into that camp. Silicon grease, I think that micro mesh and stuff like that. Like once you know what it's for and you know how to use it, you're like, oh, this is really cool. A loop could be the same thing. You're like, oh, this is a very specific yeah. thing. I get it now. So I think if you if you call underrated that, so I didn't really know if any of those qualified, but I think the one that very clearly qualifies, which is what Drew's getting excited about, is sealing wax. So when I love sealing wax, when I first got into fountain pens, I did uh, quite a few sealing wax videos. You did very early on. They are some of my worst videos. Cinematographically, how do you say that? Cinematically. Cinematically, they are some of the worst shot, worst lit, worst cut. I didn't know anything about audio. Shooting like. A face shot straight up the nose. Well, this was in the just days terrible. of like you had you were using a camcorder. No I had like, no idea what I was yeah, doing. No, but fine. I proved the concept. I was I was so excited about sealing yeah. wax. And it's very therapeutic too. I just like this very ceremonial. I feel like the act of doing a seal in sealing wax, a true seal, is very, very cool. Um, and there's like a couple different types of wax out there. You can do it with like the spoon and like the traditional hard wax. That I don't like as much because I've been mailed letters where you had the traditional hard wax and what you get is a bunch of crushed up powder. And then and a, you're a like, stain and, and, where the wax yes, used to be. Exactly. And you're like, wow, this is uh, basically a waste of time. And now I have a huge mess on my desk. Yeah. I appreciate the effort, but what you need is flexible sealing wax because that's what will make it through the modern mail sorting machines. Um, originally, not sure if you knew this, but sealing wax was created as a basically a security seal. So as your letter was transported from whoever, uh, everybody would have their own unique seal, which, I mean, I guess you could totally forge, but whatever, I guess that's what they had at the time. You would seal it, and then if it was broken in transit, you would know that you had a careless person on your hands and you could not trust them yeah they had those they had those signet rings they would like you know mm-hmm. have the, the the um wax tablets and they just like like slam it right in there punch them there you go yes you just punch your signature into something it's pretty cool those are the days why don't we do that anymore i'm sure know. you can still get them somebody's making them somebody's making rings oh like no you can get signature sure. rings from uh the, that back uh, to zero back site. to zero I, yeah I bought some there you stuff go from there. okay yeah. you can so get them do it yeah i just i don't feel i, I feel like i'm reaching a little bit wearing my 
wearing a I don't know signet ring. If you don't know what forty two is, I don't think you feel like you've earned the legitimacy to uh, I don't know. Maybe have some avocado toast. Uh, watch the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and maybe you can redeem yourself. <laughs> but no, sealing wax is pretty cool. Not super practical. Not uh, most fountain pen users are not using it for actual like letter correspondence. So what we found is we were like so excited about it, and then we're like, oh, this is like one step even more obscure than fountain pen yeah. stuff. We've carried it ever since the beginning, though. I mean, it was really popular it. around like 2014, I think. It, it, there was it a bit of a boom. Started to boom, yeah. and then everybody was like, "Yeah, we're over this," yeah. and then it just died again. But it was we, quick. We've still carried it, and we've still got some products. And actually, the Urban Wax is pretty good. It's pretty user friendly. Um, so That's yeah, been a mainstay. So I think that uh, I think that sealing wax it's surprisingly fun and rewarding to use it, and Agreed. it classes up your letters like freaking nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. If your handwriting is not great, but you put a wax seal on it, it like immediately steps up your game. Instant fancy. Yeah, exactly. Like having a giant belt buckle on your, you know, it's like, you know. It's just or a bolo instantly... tie with a scorpion inside of it. Ooh, now we're talking. Put both of those together <laughs> in an all denim suit. Now we're talking. Yes, sir. Now we're talking. Yes, sir. The bandana maybe as well. I don't know where that whoa, would go. No, whoa. the bolo tie would cover the neck region. Yeah, all you need is the scorpion bolo tie. That would do it. Yeah. That would do it. Drew speaking for personal experience here, by the way. I mean, I do have a bolo tie. You still have that thing, don't you? I do. Two eagles on that That's bad boy. so awesome. Wow. All right, let's get on to the next one then. All right, our friend Caitlin asks, product photography, how much is you and how much is from the manufacturer? Mm. You know this, Brian. Well, none of it is me or Drew. No, it's these two guys out there. Yeah, uh, Glenn and Alex. There are current uh, photographers. Uh, we have a lot of images from our previous photographers as well. So uh, you know, we've had we've had several over the years. Uh, but basically, we have been doing our own photography to a pretty large degree since 2010. It was Brian at one point. I tried my best. You did all of it to do it. You I did, did all I, of for it for a bit. For a bit. Um, it was a, it was a much different time, smaller company at that time, many fewer products than we carry now. Um, but basically we, in the, in the early days, we're talking like 2010, there were literally some products where nothing was provided. So we were like, we either put up a generic, like image coming soon thing or what? I mean, we had no other option. It was like, we have no photography of this product. So we either try to take something that's better than nothing or we have no product to show. So that's where I stepped in. I was like, well, I don't know much about photography, but I will learn enough to represent it better than nothing. And you did. And we did. And then very quickly I realized, okay, there's a lot of people who know more about this than and I do. And you also kind of in true, in true like fountain pen nerd form went down a photography rabbit hole. I a did. Bit. Yeah. I think like you, you got know, pretty into it. It is, it is a pretty cool, it's like if you're into like techno, tech, technical like stuff. Well, even, even you, the you opposite way, it. like yeah. you can, you can go in down the photography rabbit hole in the more analog format too. People, True. There, there's yeah. a lot of fountain yeah. pen fans that have found that they to do be like dark rooms and film and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is buying buying film. Oh yeah. Big time. Okay. I Absolutely. didn't go that route, but 
Um, probably just because I never I don't have access to a dark room. There's definitely a more of a barrier to entry into. Well, you can that still you can still buy old film and still get it sent away to have it processed. Yeah, but it's super expensive. It is. It is not. But we sell fountain pens, Brian. I mean, come on now. Yeah. We, we we know this hobby. There there are many tangential okay. hobbies that are not enough, light on the purse. I have too much instant gratification needs. Like the, the just the convenience of digital is makes a lot of sense. That's true. But I I totally get it though. I see I see the I see the the, the payoff there. But we're not talking about film photography. We're talking about digital because that's what we do here um so yeah i went down that hole I, I got into macro photography too which is pretty cool and i did some like stacked like hdr stuff some stacked macro stuff it was pretty cool and i was like okay this takes more time than i have growing a business young family this is cool but i gotta doing like, it right anyway i gotta cut i gotta yeah. i can't do this i can't i can't get into this um but i super appreciate it i think in some alternate timeline i probably could have been a product photographer because i genuinely love the work and i just it kind of clicks and i kind of get it but it's 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 like any other craft it takes a lot of time to really do it well and i just knew that i would never have that time have you yeah. ever had stuff like that where you're just like i know i would love doing this but i'm never going to be as good as i would like to be because i don't have the time i'm never as good as i'd like to be at anything even if I do have the time. Oh, so. true. No, that's fine. That's so sad. That's fine. I've, I'm so bad at video games. You'd think I'd be a master at this point. I'm terrible. <laughs> terrible. Every time Brian uh, gets together with our photographers and they're like, you know, yeah, I really think we might need another light or something like that. Brian's like, oh, really? What kind? What, do you want me to do some research? Like, I like, literally go out of my way and be like, hey, do you guys see that new lens that came yeah. out? Do you need it for any reason? Right. Can you think of any justification for why you would need this lens? <laughs> right. And they're like, no, Brian, so even I, though I think we're not, okay. I'm like, dang it. Right, okay. even though he's not like actively taking... Uh, Product photography, he's still a bit uh, of a uh, what a gear, gear junkie. Well, well I'm a gear junkie, a gas, right? Gear acquisition syndrome. Oh, is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm definitely that. I think hey, Matthew taught me that. I'm one. very gassy, yeah, yeah, in many areas. <laughs> Tools, pens, you know, Rubik's cubes, you, you name it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, absolutely. Yeah, um, so yeah, the so obviously, I got the ball rolling on that, but then once we got like dedicated photography. What we found is that there were a couple of major benefits to doing our own photography. Uh, for one is consistency. So, I mean, we have f 5,000 or so different, you know, SKUs, different products and, and variants and stuff on our site, which is a lot of different products. That's a lot of different pictures. So even if you have good quality pictures that are coming from different manufacturers, we have maybe 60 different manufacturers or so that we're, we're buying from. They're going to look very different. Just the angles, the coloration, backgrounds, the backgrounds, yeah. the, all that stuff. It's going to look very disjointed, you know, like sort a of quilt. like, yeah. Or if like you go into it like an antique store and it's just like, there's just random stuff on every shelf and you're like, okay, I can look around. It's eclectic. It's interesting, but it's kind of a chore to shop in yeah. the store. If, if I know exactly what I'm looking for, I can't really find it where when we do our own photography, we can be very consistent and make it just a very pleasant browsing experience. Um, that, so that's one side of it. And we can also focus a lot on like color accuracy, which is a major thing in the digital world. Um, and another big thing is just representing the things that we know are important to fountain pen users because you know especially if you have a manufacturer they're selling globally you know they're gonna they're gonna photograph things in you know the most generic way possible that would appeal to all types people who are collecting or buying as gifts or whatever well, they may not show like the guts of a pen as it's blown apart. They may not show a close-up of a nib or threads or the pen posted versus not. 
you know, there are specific things that we know just from years and years and years of talking to pen people, using them ourselves, where it's like, wow, if we can take a picture of the pen in a certain way in, in its use, that we know will help give people an answer to the question that they have while they're browsing our site. And that means they're going to find better answers. We're going to be a better resource. They're not going to have to email and ask somebody and wait on a reply. They're just going to get the answer that they're looking for. So we have developed our own methodology of photographing with shot lists and things like that so that we can represent them in the way that we know people are shopping for them. So, And if we do want to do something with a different interesting background, it's one mm -hmm. of the secondary or tertiary images, not yeah. the one right there in front. So that exactly. you know, when you're shopping, you get a nice clean spread, everything looking very uniform. Mm -hmm. But then there are some additional fun images, you know, later down, you Absolutely. know, the carousel of images. Yeah. Plus, you know, given that we produce so much content as well and we're active on social media, we can then do our own photography while we're going ahead and doing more of, you know, what you would consider the stock photography. Uh, we can then go and do additional more like fun photography for social media and other places where we would just, I mean, we might get some of that from manufacturers, but we can mix different things together. We can show pens that would never be paired together. We can pull out old limited editions. We can do all kinds of interesting things for the sake of creating content that we just couldn't ask a manufacturer to supply to us. So to us, it just seemed like kind of a no brainer as uh, wanting to be very content focused and being very like hands-on kind of experiential in our store kind of, um, presentation uh, and the way that we produce content on social media, um, it just made sense for us to really kind of commit, go all in and just have full-time photographers because we have two. Yeah. And sometimes we do get images that we can use. Sometimes we use them at the beginning and then we kind of like later on, we'll do our own yeah. shots just yeah. so that we can have something ongoing. Like this is, you know, good enough for now. And mm -hmm. then sometimes, you know, we get them and either because the actual product wasn't the same as the distributor thought or something changed. We get it in, we're ready to go, and then, oh, crap, this doesn't look right. Mm. Stop the presses. Poor Glenn and Alex, they are so flexible <laughs> and versatile when we say, you know, hey, yeah. stop what you're doing. This is launching today. We need pictures. Yeah. You know, they're like, okay, you know. We, we literally have, like, process, like, steps in our process that are, you know, we have the pictures. Okay, they're up on the site. Receive the pen. Inspect the pen. Check the website. If it doesn't look similar enough, we have to delay the launch and we have to rephotograph and get it up there because we know that at the time that somebody like puts that order in and puts their money in, we want it to be accurately represented. We can't we can't do anything when we get an image, you know, a month ahead of when we actually see the pen, which happens this happens all the time. A lot of times we get stock photography and it's like, hey, this pen is coming out. Get it up on your sites. Get people excited about it. Okay, cool. We'll get that up there. But then we actually get the pen in and we're like, oh, okay, this is slightly different. Or most people wouldn't care, but we have very particular, you know, people who are looking at the thing. And it's like, okay, this is different enough where we want to make sure that we just uh, tweak this thing. So we'll rephotograph it. Another thing that I'm really proud of us doing, Glenn and Alex doing, when an ink has an interesting property to it, that may not show up well on a scan, they'll actually photograph mm -hmm. the actual square, the image, the swatch mm -hmm. that you see on our swab shop and things like that. They'll photograph it at a particular angle so yeah. that we can convey Bring out the, sheen, the shimmer, the, the sheen. sheen. Yeah. So we'll do different things just so that we can accurately represent this product. It's super important to us. And luckily we've got a team that uh, it's tough. you know yeah. is able getting, to put, put in the work to get it done. Getting things color accurate, it's not just like, oh, oh just take a picture at the same angle and whatever. It's like, no, it's 
a lot more complicated than actually. So um, it's very intentional, but we're happy to do it. Yeah, and uh, you can you can trust the you can trust the site as a result of this. Usually, every monitor is different though. That is a yes. huge caveat when it comes to color accuracy. We can do everything we can to make it color accurate, but it's digital, so it's bits and bytes going over the internet. And when it comes out of your monitor, we can't do anything with that. All right. Next question we have is from Totally Real Human something. I don't know. It got cut off. But I'm not suspicious at all. Diversifying from Royal Blue and Black Inks for an Ink Beginner. Okay. Good question. I think super common for people starting out with pens. They're used to blue and black because that's what most ballpoint pens and various stuff come in. And they don't realize that there are other colors out there. It's like hundreds, this whole new experience. Hundreds and hundreds. Well, the easy answer, I think Brian and will both agree, is brown. So, yeah, it's so different from blue and black. Go with that's another dark color. To um, Drew's credit, he just used a bunch of yellow inks, so I can't knock him too hard. He intentionally left his comfort zone. I did, I did, and I, and I was props. delighted, and I was delighted. Brown is I, a, brown is a good color, though. I, I, I think like so, the yeah. I like the way you're going with that. Like, don't go off the rails and get like hot pink or something, because that's right. like then you're gonna be like, okay, I don't like this. I should not venture anymore. Right. Go with something that's like just like one yeah. step further. That, that's you know? that's where I where I approach this. So yeah. I would you know maybe like a, you know a natural or dark brown. There's lots of good ones out there. Mm. I'm I, what I also chose to kind of put rails on my recommendations. So I'm not making recommendations across the 700 800 inks that we carry. I'm yeah. just gonna do Robert Oster today for some reason. I don't think I talk about Robert Oster enough. So. Anyway, good brand. I'm just going to narrow my focus down a little bit. So, Robert Oster Cafe Crema is a great brown with just a hint of shading. It's light enough to give you some shading, hmm. but but dark enough to feel rich and uh, beautiful. I've, it's I a very used that one. Before. I've only used it once, and but I've been that's been on my radar. Someone recommended it to me in the YouTube comments about. I think it might have been when we were talking about browns or something like that. And I'm okay. like. Like, oh, oh, yeah, that one. That was good. I remember that. Mm, so I'm, it's on okay. my list. I'm st I still have all the yellow inks. I need to go ahead and switch them out. I'm done with them now. I'm like, I'm over it. All right, let me give you some real colors. Yeah. So Cafe Crema is one you might want to check out. Mm. Also, I like to, like, I think that um, from black and blue, I like to step into purples and greens. I think those are really fun colors. Yeah. And like I said earlier, it's a good next step over. You yeah. Know? And Especially you can if you start, start darker. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Start with something darker. Uh, Robert Oster um, Violet Clouds isn't a super dark ink if you want super dark you go with like private reserve ebony purple or something or ebony green even both those are like pretty much black green black purple but robert oster uh violet clouds is a lighter color but it's really unique in that it has this it really does have a cloudy look to it and i've recently fallen in love with that one and then also thunderstorm or thunder clouds or something like that they're kind mm. of like cousins robert oster both of them look really good i would recommend you check out both of them and then robert oster citrus has been a recent favorite of mine as well so that is a lighter green but um, like my next suggestion will be, it gives you a new factor. And mm -hmm. my next suggestion would be to try a light blue. If you're already doing light, if you're already mm -hmm. doing blue, venturing into light blue, as well as the Robert Oster Citrus I mentioned, is going to introduce you to a really cool uh, feature reaction. What, what, what is what is shading? A yeah, a, a feature, a uh, uh, attribute, attribute, characteristic, shading. That Shame. is when ink pools at the end of a stroke, leaving a dark part of your stroke and a mm. lighter part of your stroke. And that creates this really, really great effect. And pretty much any light blue ink is going to give that to you. So if you're already using yeah. blue, just knock it down a few shades and then you'll mm -hmm. get that really cool shading feature that a lot of people really seek out and love. Some people are like, no, it's not saturated. That's not a feature. That's lame. 
Um, there are some people that are like that. They're yeah. like, I don't want to see any variation right, in my right. ink color whatsoever. Right, and some people think that's a failure of their ink, and that's fine. There are plenty of other ink that don't do that. Yeah. Um, but some people really like it, and it's at least worth figuring out if you're one of those people or not. Because if you are, there you go. You've got a new factor in your fountain pen adventure that you might really enjoy. Mm. Well said. Well said. I like that. I think this is where like sample sets are a really good idea. Oh, yeah. So we sell ink samples, if you weren't aware of that. <gasps> um, and we sell sets of ink samples. There are some that are like work-appropriate work ink colors. Those are going to be some of the darker like purples and greens and browns and stuff that you mentioned because that's usually a pretty safe route to go. I think, you know, having, a, having ink that you can use that branches out a little bit that's still not going to be like offensive to people's eyes when they read what you're writing. Yeah. If it's in your own journal or whatever, who cares? Do whatever you want. But if it's like... No, you're gonna like sign papers and yeah, other the, people are gonna read those things. Like milky gel pens from 2001. Yeah, you know, people might notice that or whatever, and you don't want to like make it hard for people to read your writing and stuff like that. Um, so that's where the work appropriate inks uh, really come in handy. Um, I have my own sample set, which are all inks that I like. Mm. Generally, I think are pretty good. I'm pretty biased, um, but really, I think if you just filter through our ink page and go by popularity. There's a reason why a lot of the inks are the most popular ones they are. So really, if you just start with those and you kind of scroll down that list and you look at which colors are to your liking, you're probably going to have a pretty decent experience with a lot of those. So rather than listing off like 40 colors, I'll just say those are some good approaches. I think going with like a turquoise or a teal is a good way to go. Kind of like you mentioned with the light blue, it gets a lot of shading. Yeah. But you can venture a little bit with the color. And I just there's so many good colors in that range. That I'm going to say something about Diamond um, Marine. Diamond Marine yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, I know you like that one. That's in my set. Um, I'm so surprised yeah. you actually were able to come up with a best of Brian set. Yeah. You How know, long did that take you? I was able to do it fairly fairly quickly. I, I guess think. eight. It's yeah. eight, right? Yeah, it's eight, yeah, that's, eight colors. That, that, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. Amount. yeah. I mean, I, I could probably swap most of them out with something else that I feel is pretty comparable. But over the years, if it's an ink that every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, I really want to use that one. And Die My Marine is one of those. Robert Oster Blue Water Ice. I talk about that one a lot. That's another good. That's yeah. a great blue. That's, that's like your new. That's like blue. your new blue. It's just it's and it's so easy to clean. Like I think early, just, early Brian, solid performer. Early Brian was really into Noodler's Blue, and then like other Brian turned Noodler's into Blue like is great too. But, but then you moved into color. Liberties a little bit. But like Horse, I think I think Liberties is great. I think current Brian's a Blue Water Ice man. You know what it is? A lot of it has to do with maintenance. Like the, that that the has more, been your the deeper, more saturated colors. You know, they're harder to clean out of the pen when you leave them for months at a time. That's which a I factor. Do all the time. That's a huge factor. Yeah, I, that's an absolute factor. Yeah, but you know what? I have all these inks; they ain't going anywhere. I can use them up. That's right. Let them sit as long as I want. But yeah, it's fun. I think we got some good, some good ranges there. And then we got this. We got this email, and I think like earlier today or something. We kind of threw it in here because it was so appropriate. Um, Christy says, "I just bought a Sailor Pro Gear Slim Momo Momo for my upcoming wedding. Do you have any ink recommendations? Congratulations for signing important legal documents. We are in Ontario, Canada, so it has to be blue or black." So I thought this was interesting because we literally got a question about, hey, what are exciting that aren't blue or black? And somebody else was like, no, it actually has to be blue or black. What do I get? So I think here, I mean, we could have some kind of boring answers, right? Like, because it's like, pretty much anything. I don't even know if legal documents today, do they even have to be like permanent or anything? I feel like everything gets digitized. Probably. It depends on, so, if, I guess, if you're keeping the document and you're trying yeah. to store it somewhere, maybe. But if it's going to an official office or government, then... 
they're yeah. going to worry about that. I don't and, know how it works with something like a marriage license. I, I definitely don't know how it works in Canada. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like ours. I feel like we got the one that we signed and maybe I, I legitimately don't remember. Yeah. But, but if it does, well, we can give options. Well, like, what, what would you say if it does have to be permanent? What would you be your go-to? I think it's, it's not a bad idea to have it permanent. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to try to like, it's not like it's a check and somebody's trying to like wash it and no. do it. No one's going to try to like, no, actually I married your spouse. Like that's c- kind of weird. Like most any ink is probably going to be just fine because you're not going to be like bleaching it or Let's you know, hope not. leaving it out in the rain or anything like Let's that. Let's hope not. But I, if, if you're just like, look, I'm not signing these types of documents every day. I intentionally want to get something. Or if it's like ceremonious and you like, I want to say that this is the bottle of ink that we use to sign this document. Uh, that probably is is actually more sure. meaningful, practical, whatever. Um, I think you could go a couple different routes. You could go the more like traditional permanent ink route, which is like an iron gall type of a situation. So like a diamond registrar's blue black. We don't sell you that anymore. Go, we don't really. No. I was going to include it in the really? uh, water. I was going to include it in the waterproof battle, and I put yeah, it on my. I put it in my bracket and everything, and I went to get it. I'm like, oh my god, it's Are not they here. Still making it? Is it just like falling out of? Favor? I don't know. I didn't even know we dropped it. This is news to me. New, well, me too. I just learned that last week before I did the wow. video. It's so tough because we don't like greatly advertise everything we drop because usually it's not that popular. No well, yeah, cares. that's why it drops because it stops it because it yeah. it falls down in popularity. Well, sometimes it gets just, discontinued, and sometimes yeah. Know. Okay, interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, there are other Iron Gall ones. Uh, Rower and Cleaner Salix. That's a good one. That's a nice, you know, dark blue. And again, these are not like super Iron Gall. Like, I will eat your pen, Iron Gall. But, you know, they're acidic and you got to be conscious about that. Um, the Platinum Classic series, that's also Iron Gall. Those are pretty permanent as well. Um, and then I think you go like the pigmented route. Like if you wanted to go either the Sailor or Platinum pigmented ones. My, my, choice, darn my choice would be Sailor Kiwaguro. Okay, that's I love one. that ink so much, and I yeah. love it not just because it's permanent, mm. but I tried to find like a very matte mm. uh, black black ink, like one on one mm. of the earlier pen casts. Okay, and that was when I really fell in love with Kiwaguro. Mm. Like it okay. was very flat looking. Yeah, like none of the blacks are like particularly glossy. Yeah, but that one specifically hmm. just looked really, really like flat okay. blacks. That that that'd be my pick. I there love I love that black. Platinum carbon black is pretty good. Platinum carbon black is yeah. great. And the pigmented inks, I feel like, perform really well on a variety of papers. Like, I don't know what kind of paper you're generally going to get on a legal document like that. Not great. Yeah, probably nothing too special. But um, yeah, so that you could go that route. I mean, the Diatrementis document series of inks also seems pretty good. Noodlers has a ton of anything bulletproof. You know, basically, if you filter water-resistant inks on our site and go with blues or blacks... You know, pretty much any of those will will give you a very suitable choice for a legal document. Um, I would say Noodles Black, Heart of Darkness, you know, X Feather, those are all going to be up there as, you know, solid performing permanent uh, black inks at least. Um, yeah. And then... Yeah, you wrote Diamine Oxford Blue. Is that that's one? that's one that I've been. That's not. A, it's not permanent, but okay. it's just a dark blue hmm. that I've recently rediscovered. It's a staple. They've had it for a long yeah, time, yeah. but it's consistently popular, hmm. and it's one of those kind of like. I think it's kind of start. It's riding a wave of popularity. Really, and yeah, I, I, I mean, as far as just what I've been noticing, it okay. seems like it's getting more and more popular it's been well known for a while it's not like it's a, yeah, a like dark think, horse or anything but we've had it for, for 
a decade. But it's yeah. it's just one of those things where it's just hmm. it's been popular for so long because it's just a good ink and it, a lot of people really like it. So nice. Um, it's just one that's been on my radar recently. Yeah, and you could also do the same thing. Go to our site, sort by popularity, click on blues and blacks. You can filter all that stuff. You're gonna have a lot of great options there. So there you go. All right, Drew. All right, one next one question. is from Amy, and Amy asks if you could. Um, I think it's just a typo. If you could solve one problem with fountain pens forever, which problem would you solve? Mm. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Because fountain pens are so perfect. There's just like They're nothing not. to They're solve. They're not at all. I mean, like, They're I don't definitely know. not perfect. I would want more of them. You know? <laughs> not perfect. <laughs> Some cool limited editions get discontinued. I'd like to be able to go oh, back and get on. them. come on. Come on. You know? A fountain, pen, a, a fountain pen that cleans itself, maybe. A self-cleaning fountain pen would be pretty rad. Yeah. Actually, that was kind of my... You'd be so irresponsible with self-cleaning. You'd be inking up everything left and right. Oh, my mm. God. Off the rails. Yeah. I mean, that actually was the bullet point that I wrote down yeah. here was, yeah, just the, the cleaning and maintenance of it. Mainly, like, the drying out portion of it. Like, I don't mind, like actually... while it's inked up. I don't mind cleaning out my pen, okay. but... And I do this to myself. This is literally just me complaining about my own habits. But... The deep clean that I have to do when the ink has crustified inside the pen because I've neglected it with your so badly. Brush. Perhaps with a toothbrush. Certainly could do that. But when Barney and his friends are hanging out with his other crustaceans Ooh. in my pen, and actually the, the crustaceans like on the nib, those are easy to clean off. Right. But it's more like deep inside the pen. And then it's like you're flushing and flushing and flushing and flushing and flushing. And I'm like, friggin' come on already. That's really annoying. And certain colors are worse than others. And uh, it's all the colors that Rachel loves. All these magentas oh, and all yeah. these things like that. She Magentas stain so much too. Puts, what is it with the magentas and staining? She puts them in her Twisbees. Oh, and Rachel. And they stay there for so long. I love her, but she does not really clean her pens very much. So I clean most of them. Like y'all, eventually, are perfect, y'all are perfect for each other then. We are good for you. We are. <laughs> you know, like sometimes when you're with someone, you have things that are like very complimentary and it just works really well. And you have other things where like both of you have a blind spot. Yeah, pen maintenance is kind of the blind spot for both oh, of us. Oh, my wife and I have plenty of the similar <laughs> blind spots. It's, <laughs> it's amazing we are still alive. Yeah. So I don't mind the ritual of cleaning the pens, but I wish... I don't know. I guess if, if we're dreaming here, I'd be like, well, it'd be cool not to really ever have to clean them. Then you could just like use up the ink and then magically it's clean. You can just fill it with new ink. What if they were but, all like, you know, ba- basically nothing stuck to them really? Kind of like a, like yeah, a, if they all clean, like a, like if a, they, all they needed like was just like pan, a gentle you know? flushing. Yeah. 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 If everything cleaned with just a gentle flush. Yeah. Cause I actually, I do kind of like the ritual of cleaning a pen. You know, you got a few pens that are, but inky. if you could just rinse and go. Yeah. Rinse know? and go. That's what I would prefer. So not really a problem. It's more just like, okay, it's physics. I get it. I could make this better for myself and I don't. And so it becomes this perpetuating kind of a thing where it's like, oh, I really don't want to clean out my pen. So I let it sit yeah. longer. It gets worse. You can just keep that smug look on your face because no, you are no. so much. I get it. You're so much better about this than I'm I am. Not, I'm not. This I'm, is, I'm yeah. only better because I limit myself. I know. I Like uh, that's why I, I have to you, only keep three pens. I give you credit for that. I give you a hard time about it, obviously. But you, uh, I have a lot of respect for how you manage your pens. I have to. It, it gets aspirational. It, for it me. gets terrifying and overwhelming if I don't. <laughs> um, I ranked my top three, Amy. I um, so my number one okay. thing that I would solve would be ink spritz. That's that like you know hmm. dusting of ink into the cap. 
Oh yeah, you um, don't like that. Huh? That's why I hmm. can't. That's why I don't like carry my pens everywhere I go. Is because I cannot hmm. stand it when I get that of ink into the into the cap. What bothers you about that? Because I have to clean it out, and a lot of the pens I can see it up in there. If it's a demonstrator, it drives okay. me nuts. Okay. And if I'm jumping hmm. or like. You know, we've talked about this before. I do not descend stairs one step at a time. There's yeah, hopping and leaping involved. I often witness you bounding as your method of I, transport. Well, you know. You're efficient. a bounder. Um, yeah, it's efficient. Drew's kind of like um, a gazelle. He'll just like kind of leap more from like place a to place. drunken kangaroo. Yeah. Um, but um, with like one, with like oh. missing a toe that like is oh. imperative for balance. That, that, <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know how to visualize. Yeah, good luck. A missing toed drunken kangaroo. <laughs> but anyway, but it but it's accurate. I don't like. I feel the like spritz. it's accurate. Yeah, absolutely. I identify with that. I don't like the ink spritz. I wish that didn't happen. Um, and uh, next one would be misalignment. I don't have a lot of my pens that just mm. all of a sudden become misaligned. But mm. I am a fan of extra extra fines, mm. ultra extra fines, needle points, whatever. Those, if they are even a hair. Mm. misaligned you can tell because oh, yeah. they have to be there's no so, room for error but yeah. when they're aligned brian when you have mm. an ultra extra fine nib that is perfectly aligned mm. oh my gosh it's the best writing experience for me yeah. mm. but one and, yeah. and after writing with it for you know over time uh-huh. one might get just a little off yeah. and then it's even with a loop i'm like it looks aligned. It looks aligned. Why isn't mm. done? This aligned. So yeah. I wish that just didn't happen. I wish that just wasn't a thing. It was like set it and forget it nibs. Once it's tuned perfectly, mm. it stays tuned forever. Okay. Like okay. I would love that. That's a good one. That's and then and one. then finally I would say drying out. Like that that'd be nice yeah. to just not have to worry about drying out. But yeah. Number one would be the ink spritz. I just drying wanna, out like in use, like the pen just never Yeah, like, like while you have it inked up. I don't want anything to evaporate. Just like starts every time. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I want the the water to I guess remain inert. Um would that be the right word? Like, I don't want any, I don't want the water, any of the liquid to evaporate. I want it to just okay. always stay wet. Um, mm. and, but, but the ink spritz is my number one. Like I can deal, I can figure <laughs> out a way around nib misalignment. That's not that pervasive, but I would love to just carry a pen in my pocket everywhere I go. Yeah. But if I'm like flopping around on the ground with the dog or the kid, you know, ink spritz is going to happen. And I wish it did not hmm. because you must just flop around. More I, than do. I do. I yeah. do. I'm, Having having spritz, but it doesn't really bother me as much. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I like a perfectly clean pen. Hmm. Okay. I don't care as much, obviously, <laughs> because I don't clean my pens that often. Okay. Cool. How about when you get like the ink spritz inside the cap, and then it kind of gets on your grip, and then you get it on your oh, fingers. Oh yeah, and all absolutely. That? Yeah. And then I have some pens that like the the nib always gets ink on like one part of the nib hmm. like left shoulder i'm like why drives me nuts i like I wanna... yeah i know what you're talking about yeah it's and some... like you clean the cap and you're like where is this ink coming from where's this phantom ink coming it's from seeping out <clears throat> trying so to make barnacles yeah i guess so is it coming out from like on the underside like on the feet like what I've, is up yeah with that? i've heard that if you know mm. nibs have really really tiny you know uh scratches in them you know either from manufacturing or something it, huh. can, cre- it can create like a pathway for the ink to kind of like it's like capillary action yeah. through a scratch on the underside of the nib yeah Whoa. it can also happen it can also happen through the uh, you know how you sometimes you get nib creep right in the slit yeah same thing there if you have if the cut was made in the uh-huh. tines uh, with uh, if there was some uh, chatter or something okay. during the cut, and the line isn't completely smooth, and it's got like lines, um, uh, like you know what I'm talking about, like when you make a cut and there's lines in the cut, it's not a totally smooth cut. Yeah, those lines can bring ink up onto the top of the nib. 
Fascinating. Make it make it creepy. You know what's crazy is like when they cut the slit for those those tines, they it's it's obviously the slit is very thin. Very thin. Yeah, it's like they're cutting it with paper or something. Yeah, I think it is actually paper. It's some kind of paper. It's or it's like a like a mylar type paper. Like it's some kind of plastic, maybe. Oh my! But it's like I mean, it's like like it's like almost like microns. It's not thick. metal. No, it's not metal. It's not metal. Isn't that crazy? That and is it's, crazy. It spins at something like thirty thousand RPM or something like that. Like it's super fast spinning, but it's like some kind of plastic or paper, some kind of like material that you would not think would be able to cut like precious metal. I've seen a YouTube but it video. It spins at such a high revolution that just the friction of it can cut through those nibs. Yeah, I saw a YouTube video crazy? where someone put a piece of paper in like a uh, table saw or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and it he was able to cut through some stuff. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's crazy. So nuts. Anyway, very cool. Everything's dangerous at a certain speed. Good questions. All right. That's what we got for Q&A this week. And now we have yet another tip of the week. And today is going to be Drew. Okay, this is a very simple one, Brian. And one that a lot of folks might already know. But it actually came from Adrian, our customer care manager. Uh, It's it's something that gets asked a lot is how should I store my pens? Mm. Nib up, nib down, or on the side? 30 degree angle. There you go. Yeah, who knows? Rotating. Throughout the day, yeah, like 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 a like, like a, a mechanical, like a watch. mechanical watch. There you go. Yeah, you just get one of those. <laughs> you just rotate. That's right. Um, really, <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, though, if you do have a pen that tends to be more wet, not starting off for you every time, not a bad idea mm. to store it nib down so that you pull some of that ink toward the feed and it's more mm-hmm. ready to go mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. On the opposite side of things, if you've got a pen that is very very wet and trying to like just put down like a little bit too much calm down yeah calm it down by putting it nib up mm-hmm. because sometimes <clears throat> if you leave a pen sitting for a little while that first burst of ink that you get because that feed's just been sitting there kind of soaking up yeah it's just like it's like nice and just like raring to go right. but, then, but then it stops and you're like oh now it's wimpy and sad so, so you can leave those nib mm. up and let the <laughs> wimpy let, and sad yeah <laughs> you can let the um uh, milk toasty ink uh let the <laughs> ink go down back into the reservoir wherever that might be yeah, yeah. but or like me and Brian, we just leave our pens laying on their side, and that's just kind of. I find that to be the, like a good all around. Yeah, compromise. it's kind of like yeah. neither neither extreme. You know, you just lay mm-hmm. it on the side. It's not super dry on the nib. It's not super wet, yeah. and um, it's a good option for you know storage. It you know mm-hmm. you can put in your desk drawer and stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. if you did want to solve a wet or dry problem, up or down could be the right thing for you. There you go. Yeah. So I you know. <laughs> it's funny because like this is one of those endless debates that you'll see about on pen forums and stuff like that and i feel like no matter which answer that you give you're wrong because like you're going to get argued against of like no that is absolutely the wrong way to do it i i legitimately can't remember like what is the way that most people recommend i want to say it's nib down yeah nib down makes sense if you, i think if, it's nib down with a lot of vintage pens especially yeah if you've got a pen that's but, well balanced and everything is working as it should be yeah nib down keeps it primed nothing mm-hmm. should be dripping and yeah. you should be ready to go however not every pen is like that some pens yeah. don't do well like, nib down and if it's like a pen you have on your desk you know it's a little logistically more challenging to store your pen nib down because it's like if say you have a pen holder well, you can't fit the clip and all that other mess in there. And like, unless you just have a gigantic pen holder or like a pen cup or something. Yeah, it's, it's a little just, more logistically. To me, it's just less practical to store yeah. a pen nib down. So on so, the side is fine. Yeah, my pens that I keep in my like actual pen cabinet, they're all on their sides. That's the most practical way to store it. But then I have plenty that are nib up on my little desk carrier thing, which is not my favorite way to do it. But 
Yeah, it's nib practical. up is probably my least favorite way to do it, but it's generally my least favorite too. But it's often the most practical for on a desk. It's easy to put your pen, you know, barrel side down in a holder rather yeah. than clip side, clip side down. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of weird. But anyway, cool. Thanks, Drew. Good tip. All right, next we're up. We're gonna have a spotlight the Kaweco Lily Put. Yeah. All right, Kaweco Lily Put, Drew. What are we going to say about this pen? <laughs> we have no bullets. We're just going to riff. Okay. Well. Do you like this pen? I love this pen. You do? I okay. love this pen. Okay. However, okay. Um, we talked earlier about things that you think are really good, but you don't want one or you don't. Does this like fall it. into that category This is you? one of those. They're, they're, like, I, I have never thought about buying one. And, uh, okay. but I, I really do love everything about oh, it. You picked the fire blue too. That's, so, a, well, that's I, a cool one. That's a cool to, one. I wanted to pick the fire blue because. We have this neighbor who oh. you, you might recognize. This is this. I've mentioned this one in the pen gas before. Uh, that's my fire blue that I washed in the washing machine and ran through my dryer. <laughs> so I don't know whether it was the washing machine or the dryer that did that to this pen, but you can see it's lost lost a little bit of its luster. Yes, and I don't know if it's also happened just over time. It's possible. But I think most of that was just me running it through the clothing, whatever, wash cycle. Yes. Um, this is the Kaweco It took away, it took away a, lot of, a lot of its will to live. Yeah. This one here on the top, obviously, is it in its, uh, and it looked like in that. its natural state. It looked like that at one time. <laughs> well, I think I did it after like a week, too. Like, it was right oh, away. See, I, I, I pulled this one from your office, and I'm like, oh, this looks mm -hmm. really cool. This is probably not the one that he washed. And then I pulled this one off the shelf. I'm like, oh, my God. You're like, oh, that this is beautiful. so much nicer looking. <laughs> this is stunning. Yeah. Yeah. But they're both really cool pens. They come in a uh, variety of different types. So mm -hmm. this is the Fire Blue. Um, it's a teeny little thing. Yeah, it is a very teeny thing. I mean, I have, you know, pretty small-ish hands. Um, I and, wouldn't say you have small hands. Well, I guess regular. I have, you know, not huge of hands. Of all hands, I would say your hands are on the bigger side. Of all hands? Yeah. Okay, maybe of all hands ever. Yeah, I mean. But it is, it is a uh, smaller pen, and you could mm -hmm. definitely call this a pocket pen for sure oh yeah un, un i don't know what you would call a right. pocket pen if, if this is called this a pocket if this pen. isn't a pocket pen nothing is when you uncap it you are left with a, nothing like you can't even rest this anywhere it falls right through mm -hmm. your grip so you really yeah. do have to you gotta you gotta post it you gotta post it which is a it's a thread to post pen and mm -hmm. then it becomes more or less a full-size pen yeah the it's diameter is really really it's pretty thin narrow so it's about yeah. like your, it's about like the cp1 right which you're a little more of a fan of. Yeah. In terms of its I, use. Well, I think that it the you just need a pen like this. You need a thin pen just for some purposes, depending mm -hmm. on where you're going. If you're traveling or you want something you can quickly fit in the spiral of a notebook or something like that. It is pretty it's pretty handy as a pocket pen. I also will say I'm just that. gonna I'm just gonna let y'all listen to this. Yeah, some some metal threads they like squeak and all this kind this of stuff. This one sings. But the if you notice the threads are not sharp, they're squared off. So whenever you have metal pens that have squared off threads, you're gonna get a much more pleasurable threading experience. In Ooh, my oh, sorry, view. squeaky. Okay, it can, right. it can. It's still metal yep. and metal, but so this lily put. This is the fire blue. This is actually steel, so it's actually a little heavier than most of the other lily puts. Um, the copper one's pretty heavy too, but uh, some of them are aluminum as well, which the aluminum ones are very, very light. Those are really yeah. good pocket pens. It's so small though; like the the weight is, I think, really comfortable. If this was a, were a larger oh, like pen, hardly, like, hardly noticeable. Like yeah. the steel Supra, which you could say is which kind I of a, a larger. Did grab? Oh, there you go. So I did so, grab it just so we can show it by comparison. Great, no, that's great. I didn't even know I was going to mention this, but so the that's steel the Fire Supra, Blue Supra, and it's like hard to fit in the frame here because it's 
bodacious compared yeah. to the Lilliput. Um, yeah, but that that steel is heavy. This I yeah. think is is well balanced just because of the size. It's very very tiny, so yeah. the steel doesn't create you know a ton of extra weight. It's a standard international cartridges. Cartridge only. Yeah. Not, yeah. I mean, you can fit the Kaweco Mini converter in here, but I don't. It doesn't hold that much ink. Yeah, that mini converter. So it's like, okay. You, you'd probably be better refilling a Refilling cartridges, cartridge, yeah. yeah. And you uh, you know, you know, can't really eyedropper this one either, so you really pretty much need to stick to cartridges. But it's standard international. There's a lot of different options there. You know, it's not like some proprietary cartridge that you are super limited. So I still feel like that's pretty practical. Yeah. So I will say, as a pocket pen, when you have that thing in your pocket, you will uh, notice it so little that you might leave it in your pocket when you do right. laundry. Uh, which is exactly what I did, but it's it's very comfortable as a carry around pen in your pocket because it's not so long that it'll like protrude and stick into your leg when you're sitting down and that kind of stuff like most pocket pens right. could. But there's also not really a clip. Um, I'm trying to remember like there's just, not a clip at all. There's not a clip option for the lily put, is there? I want to say they've made one at some point, maybe not in the U.S. Yeah, it's pretty. I don't know. We definitely don't have It'd it. It'd be kind of weird. But yeah, we definitely don't have it. Cool but I definitely think that there's a lot of value here. And mm -hmm. um, the do we still have the green one or is that gone? Could you check for it's a second? It's a special edition. I will look up Lily Because one of the things that I was most happy about was that they did come out with an aluminum version of this, which was way mm -hmm. more affordable than the rest. And it looks like it's gone. No, no, it's still there. It's oh, out, it's of, out stock. of stock. Okay. I think we so, got it and had it for like zero minutes. Yeah. So I hope that they come <laughs> out with more of these or that we get a restock on this. I don't know right now, but it was only 60 bucks. And the These other ones, sharp looking green the too. other one, the other ones are over a hundred each. So mm -hmm. I think that the copper for 110 is a pretty, pretty darn good value. It's a cool pen. Yeah. And it's going to have that weight. It's going to have that really nice patina. It might patina. make your fingers a little smelly. It might. Yeah. We, we, okay we did that. talk about that. But it's going to patina too, because I thought, I, I don't know how coated the copper uh, lily put is. I think it will patina. Yeah. Which but I think looks really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But I, the aluminum one, though, it felt way, way lighter. And for a small pen, something that light feels like you're not writing with anything, mm. even though okay. that was a thing. At 60 bucks for a pen well-made in mm. that range, I, I really love it. And I, yeah, and we should, I feel... We should, keep, we should keep hyping up the pen that we don't have. I know. I really... Get. Well, I'm, I'm kicking myself because <laughs> I should have got one. Mm. Um, but either way, the form factor is really solid. And I do think that the heavier, more um, resilient material is worth the extra dollars. The overall weight on that pen was nine grams. It was a nothing pen. That's like the lightest pen I think we It was like carried. all nib. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. light. The steel one is quite a bit heavier. But honestly, if I were to buy a Caveco, it would be a really tough decision between mm. the Supra or the Lilliput right now. Oh, the Supra's got the the fiddle factor, though. It does. The fidget, the fidget factor. It does, but I just, I think that I would find... 23 grams. That's what the fire blue is. This one? Yeah, Lilliput. That's a lot more than... 23 grams versus more nine. Than nine. That's how much of a difference the material yeah. makes on that yeah. pen. But Crazy. this one, I feel like with this one, it's going to get more use just because of how different it is from the rest of my collection. You think and so? And I think that if someone were to buy this, that's where the use would come from. It would be mm -hmm. like, I, I am wearing, you know, a suit or some sort of, you know, outfit mm -hmm. that doesn't, that's not conducive to large pens. You know, have you okay. ever gone to like a wedding or something? You're like, well, you park and you're like, do I need to carry my giant clump of keys? Or can I just like detach my car key and be fine there? I hate clumps of keys. Right. So that's what I do. I, I have, have like four clumps. And oh my I will God, like you choose would. my clumps based on where I'm going and what I'm doing. But like sometimes because I will so just... many keys. Like 
I would fill my cargo pockets with key clumps. So they'd hear you I coming from like, a mile away. Yeah. And it like gets to the point where it like pulls my pants down. Like I got to <laughs> cinch up the belt because I have so many keys. Belt you get, and like, suspenders. You get vehicles and you get fobs and all this other mess too. And it's just like, come on. I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of keys. Well, on you, if you, to. well, you should, if you had fewer sheds, you would probably need fewer keys. That's not helping. <laughs> not helping. <laughs> So anyway, I like it because like in the same situation where you'd say, let me just detach the car key only so I don't yeah. have mm. a clump, you know, something like this is like, you know, this is subtle enough for me to carry a fountain pen with me in a circumstance where maybe a fountain pen would not be the most, you know, uh, space friendly choice. So there you go. I think it, I think it's a good thing to have in your collection. There you go. There's a lily put. You can go check it out. We have a couple of variations of it. And uh, yeah, it's a neat little pen. All right, moving on to the nonsense portion. Let's talk about what's happening. Drew, did you go fishing last week? Is that what I'm seeing here? <sighs> well, don't you not like? No, I can't say you don't like the outdoors. That's not accurate. No, I like. I like. You don't like the sun. Yeah, you don't like the sun touching your skin. That that is it. That is okay. It. I do love the outdoors. So were you like long sleeves? Fishing? It was actually after work, um, and uh, okay. it was a it was, the temperature was perfect. It was actually like a hoodie hoodie day. Okay, yeah, it was really really nice. Yeah, my was son, this last week I was out of town. This was last week. Yeah, it was okay. last last Wednesday. It was cold. I was in Detroit, and it was like forty degrees. Ooh. Like it was cold. Oof. I had a jacket. Yikes! Yeah, no, it was it was chilly ish here, but not too bad. But my son, uh, eight years old, just said to me, "I want to go fishing." I was like, "Okay." What a like father, son, whatever. Well, there. father, uncle. So I called my brother. I was like, okay. Chad, Archer wants to go fishing. He's like, yeah, and he said, and he said, Wednesday. That's it? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Innsbruck. I was like, Ready. okay. Because <laughs> I knew that's all I need, need to do. He, he's, he's, he's a fishing fan. Uh, okay. we, we both grew up fishing. Like my, my grandfather had, you know, a boat. He'd take us out and, you know, they, he had a little, you know, at the mm. time it was a trailer, but now it's a fabricated home okay. uh, out on the river um you know a little ways from here but uh yeah it was fishing was a big part of my childhood hmm. um never really liked it but it was a part of it you is know it a, yet another thing that you're like i wish i liked this thing i see why people like it yeah but i just don't like it i don't have the patience for it there's not enough payoff it's like that and board mm. board games tabletop games card games i'm like really you i can't like board games? i cannot focus on it that like, not, surprises me. nothing there's, if there's a prolonged period where <sighs> Drew, nothing is happening do your nerd points i know i like, can't do it really i can't i'm like i'm like mm. i don't like waiting for other people's turns i can't i can't do it okay that i can see and with it, with see. fishing i'm like oh God. that's when you harass the other people in the board i don't game. have time for and that i just get i just get sleepy i try to mess with i get fidgety i'm like Okay. You know, just tapping things and I have like solved Rubik's Cubes while I'm playing board games before while I'm waiting for other people's I don't want to solve Rubik's like Cubes either. None, none of that sounds <laughs> I, oh god. <laughs> anyway, that does take uh, so we went fishing. My brother brought some poles. Uh okay. Archer did that for the first time. What Cat, kind of what kind of fishing? Like uh, just you know those offices over at Innsbruck and Knuckles, like that have the ponds everywhere. We okay. Just, we just went over there. Apparently oh. there's some fish in there. You can fish there? Yeah. It's like like a parking lot runoff pond in like no, an no. office park, right? There's lots of ponds. There's like oh really? You know, yeah, and there's like trails around them and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's it's. Pretty, I did not know that. Legit. Yeah, not not a runoff. It's they're bigger okay. than a runoff pond. Sometimes some, I see fish. At like if you go to like if a, you drive a, down a strip mall where there's like restaurants and stuff, and you look in there, and you're like, there's massive fish in there because everybody's yeah. like feeding them bread. And right. No, and nothing like that. Stuff. But if you if you go down <laughs> Cox Road over where that Silver Diner is, okay, and keep going down there, um, you'll sometimes see people on paddle boards out there. 
Really? Yeah, no joke. I'm like, what the heck? You wow. th- you think like an, at an office park that thing wouldn't be allowed? But yeah, they allow all sorts of stuff all there. Right. All right. His casting first try was perfect. Really? Yeah, he just nailed it. So he it's was like casting like a champ. Yeah. I was like, all right, dude. Didn't catch anything. He was a little bothered by that, but uh, oh, it was it was well. a good time, and it was his first little fishing trip. So okay, worth note, I thought. Okay. Um, and uh, also worth note, uh, at in Richmond here in Virginia. There has been a, an event called Arts in the Park that has happened, you know, every year without fail for a number of years uh, mm-hmm. since I w- I've been aware of it anyway. Mm-hmm. And obviously in 2020 and 2021, they did not have it because mm-hmm. of COVID. And they just came back this year. So yeah. uh, we were excited to go there. My wife, Shannon, was immensely excited mm. so we got to go do that on you get saturday a coffee mug there isn't that where you get every every mug? year i buy yeah. a coffee mug every year for the last eight years i've bought wow. a coffee mug there a ceramic um you know handmade like a it, legit yeah it's 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 a uh, it's a craft fair but it's like artists and painters ceramic artists things like that um uh, metal workers and uh, i always buy a ceramic mug so mm. i got to do that again so very Ooh, happy cool. about that i actually saw another one i, I bought my mug saw another mug and I really wanted that one, but it was kind of expensive. Ooh. And I'm like, I already bought another bag. I cannot justify the price of two mug, mugs. Mug envy. It was a skull. And uh, it was kind of like a, it was a stylized skull. But yeah, it was the skull with like multiple faces all around the sides. And oh my God, it looks so cool. It actually was like, there was real gold worked into the, um, into the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the stuff that they use on clay. Um, to Sizing? No, the, the, Oh my God! The stuff on clay, the the, the varnish polish, uh, glaze. Oh my God! Glaze, glaze, glaze. Uh, varnish. Real gold worked it's into the glaze. So it was black, but with this like gold highlight. Wow. Oh my God! It looks so cool. Okay. But anyway, didn't get it. Uh, okay. Shannon went back the next day with another one of her friends. Got me the mug. <sighs> I almost texted her because I thought she might. I was like, Hey, don't get that mug. It's too expensive. Don't do it. She comes back. She's like, it's not, it doesn't count if someone gets it for you. I, acting like that we don't share money. Like, okay, thank you. That's fine. <laughs> like, it's like Father's Day in yeah, somewhere in maybe, the vein, yeah. you know. Not yet. I haven't bought her anything from Archer for Mother's Day yet. But anyway, so Ooh, I got some stuff. Arts in the that. Park was great. Um, and I did something that you might have done. I don't know because you have what a son have that's super into Legos. Have you ever yes. needed to order a single Lego part? Joseph literally just ordered a Lego thing. Right. So I got I'll the that. I got yeah. that big honking DeLorean set, the Back to okay. the Future DeLorean thing. Okay. And the windshield totally jacked up. Oh, like and that's like yeah, a very specialized. You, you know, piece. you know when clear plastic gets like bent or squished or dented, it turns like white opaque. Yeah, that happened on one of the sides, uh, and the box was fine. So this must have happened like new somewhere. In the brand new, yeah. Oh man. So this must have happened in manufacturing somewhere. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I ordered it. I'm like, I, normally you can select a part, like a specific part, but this hmm. one didn't wasn't listed. So I just had to kind of type it in. Yeah, I have this set. I need this. Wow. Shipped it the next day. Arrived in like wow. three days, no charge. From where was this? Like from Lego. Oh, so they like so it's like a warranty type thing. I guess, yeah. Did? But I didn't need to prove any receipt or anything. I tell you, Lego was awesome. It had a it had a, a letter saying like, "Hey, we try really hard. We were so sorry this happened." Like the amount of people who lose pieces and have to ask them, and they still go do this. Like that's insane, man. Yeah. Lego has got it together. Yeah, that is super impressive. Legit. Like from a customer service standpoint, I'm like. <sighs> You're like, that's cool. Well done, Lego. I was amazed by that. 
That's pretty rad. But uh, and the puppy's doing fine. Still peeing on everything. We're definitely okay. having a harder time housebreaking the puppy than yeah. our two previous puppies. Uh, mm. It is it is a it is a chore. Mm. Like I'm sorry. Every 15 minutes. Wow. Really? We pulled up all of our rugs. We have no rugs. <laughs> anymore they're all rolled up in the yeah. storage room i mean there's no point no. otherwise you're just gonna be cleaning absolutely all yeah day, no you know? so we're, mm. we're we're trying everything you know we've okay. got we've got some strategies we're working through okay uh but uh we're reminded why puppies are cute because because yes. no one would want them otherwise because they're a pain <laughs> my god wow terrible but, okay uh, yeah all all in all Things, a lot of things are good. A lot of people at UA Pens have gotten pets recently for one reason or another. I feel like I'm hearing a lot about that. Yeah. So yeah, lots of people with puppies, cats. I've noticed that as well. Mostly just those. We got our hamster. The hamster's not a year yet, so I mean it's rel- it's kind of newish. That'll leave you a couple months now. Yeah. Yeah. Still counts. Yeah. What have you been up to, Brian Goulet? I was trying not to like interject and jump into your stuff. Go right ahead. I have many many things to say. Snatch blocks. Chainsaws. I used some snatch blocks this weekend. Yeah. I used chainsaws. <laughs> yep. Did that. Used uh leaf blower, lawnmower, log splitter. I've used all kinds of things. Wood chipper. Nice. Yeah. I'm really going at it. We have a lot of pine trees. Very old, tall, dying pine trees. Mm. And I'm like, I can either let them fall where they may which could be on my car down the driveway as I'm driving, or I could take it down before it falls on its own because it's dying anyway. So that's what I'm doing, taking it down. But I'm like, oh yeah, okay, there's that tree. And then you get it on the ground and you're like, oh my gosh, this tree is massive. And you're like, this is really, really heavy. (laughs) Like trees are kind of incredible. I've done that with smaller trees. Yeah. Like I've, you know, um, over, you know, maybe 15 feet. Okay. Um, nothing massive, but yeah, yeah, yeah. even then, like it doesn't look like a lot. Right. And even when it falls, it doesn't look like a lot. Right. But then you cut it up. Yes. And then you're left with like a pile that sometimes is five times the size of the thing you felled. You're like, this thing multiplied right. as I was cutting it up. Yeah. I was like, what am I gonna do with this? I thought that yeah. this when you when you cut things up, it's supposed to be smaller and more manageable. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like that at all. No. Especially with all the branches and everything, it just like inflates. Yeah, it's weird, right? Ugh. Especially like when you have really tall trees. Like some of these trees I'm cutting down are like 70, 80, 100 feet tall. They're, like they're big, like 18, 20 inches in diameter at the base of the tree. It's it's a pretty sizable tree. Like when it hits the ground, it shakes. Like Rachel can feel it in the house. It shakes the ground. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how a 100 foot tall pine tree probably weighs 10,000 pounds or something like that. So when it's falling and it like slams into the ground, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty cool experience. Also terrifying because you're like, if this falls on me, I will die. So you have to be very intentional about it. But I'm very safe. Don't worry, everybody. Don't worry. Um, but I actually got a buddy, a buddy of mine that uh, him and I are both like wannabe arborists. And this is the so one that has the uh, climbing gear, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. He came over this weekend. So I got to spend some time with him. We got nice. to cut up a couple of trees. But, but you, you've stated before that you are not a tree climber. No, I don't leave my feet. Don't leave the ground. Right. You've mentioned that. I don't have a climber's body. <laughs> That's what you said last time. Yep. That's exactly right. <laughs> I bet you that, that the, the, the equipment, like you, like people who climb trees and chop down these things like professionally, competitively are larger than you. I don't think so. Oh, come on. You've seen videos of these dudes that, The ones you know, climbing trees, they're not, no, they, they they're do not the, 200 No, no, no. Pounds. They do the thing where they like, they, they chop the notches into the okay, wood. Okay, yeah. They're that. huge. Yeah, I could do that. 
I could chop, but I can't <laughs> climb. Okay, so this is like you gotta lift of... your own body weight. Like you're climbing. Like so, if you're really heavy, you're lifting all of that up into the trees. Oh, okay. Like, so I thought I was picturing some sort of like deer stand esque like crimping device that got you up no. there. Well, think about it. When you're climbing a tree, the tree has limbs on it. So you can't just oh, like you're right, throw a yeah. rope around it. Like, well, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, so you're like, does he have like ninja claws? He's like, no, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. We're getting so nerdy into tree stuff. I'm curious. It is absolutely fascinating. And if you're a gear junkie, there's so much All right, cool give, 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 me, give me the tree TLDR. Gear. Like what, what does he have on his hands and legs? Okay. So, so basically there's two ways you can climb a tree. And again, I don't climb trees. So I, I know the process, but I have not done it. You can do what you're talking about, which is literally just like, you are like kind of like when you're rock climbing, like you have your ropes and stuff and you climb and you like kind of latch in as you go. Right, right, right. You can also shoot a line up into a tree. You can tie the rope off at the top of the tree. What do you mean shoot a line? Like a grappling gun? Um, Like Batman? Sort of. So they make air powered like cannons that you can shoot. Yeah. So you have this thing called a throw bag. So it's like a little 10, yeah, yeah, 10, yeah. 10 to 16 ounce bag that's got a really thin, like strong line. Yeah, you to use it. those for like safety, boat safety. Yeah, so you can you can you can either throw it up into the tree, which is extremely hard to do. You can use a giant like slingshot type thing, which is what I have, which is awesome. Or you he like my friend built basically like an air powered like like know, a thing potato gun fills, sort of like that but it's not it uses just air pressure so he like pumps it up with a bike tire and then shoots the throw bag up into the tree and then that throw bag goes over a limb or whatever and you got this really thin line this is all on youtube by the way just go youtube like tree climbing or whatever um and there's all kinds of cool videos but the uh you have the little thin line so what did, what did he use this weekend we didn't climb anything, so oh, I just okay. had some dead trees I needed to take oh, down. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So the only the only time you really need to climb trees is if you're like pruning limbs and you want to save the tree, like you're not trying to take the whole tree down, right. obviously. Um, or if you're like near a house or near something where you don't want to risk smashing a tree onto it, then you need to go up and like take it down like limb by limb. Right. And then you actually like tie a rope to each limb you bring down, and it's like very time consuming. But this was like, okay, this tree is dead. All of its branches have fallen off. It's just like a giant dead toothpick sticking out of the ground. Like I just need to cut it, let it fall on the ground, and then chop it up into pieces. Like that's what I was doing this weekend. And then I found one thing. I, okay, I got a really cool video. I don't know if I want to show it because it's gross, because it's nature and it's bugs. So I don't know if people are sensitive to bugs. But basically, I had this tree that was kind of dead. So I cut it down. And like when you when you cut down a tree, you know, you leave a bit of a stump because you want it to be at like a comfortable working height. You don't try and cut it on the ground. Right. So like I was left with the stump and the tree was like, okay, it was it was pretty dead. Like I knew it was dead. So I went to cut the stump and when I flopped the stump over, like when I cut it flush on the ground, there was an entire nest of ants inside this stump. This was a, a standing tree, but the whole thing was dead and rotting out. And I'm talking thousands of ants started swarming out of this stump as soon as I cut it down and I got on my phone and I took a video of it because I was like this is cool and disgusting I mean there's nothing you wouldn't see on the discovery channel yeah absolutely so I I had the video of it we can decide if we want to put it up in the video here I didn't even know if I was going to talk about it but it was kind of cool so oh yeah ants are way less gross than like snakes or something like oh yeah that i would i definitely if you think if you if you put, i wouldn't even tell rachel if that oh no no happened. no no we, we, she hates no. snakes but, but like yeah. i've seen stuff on discovery <laughs> channel with like 
you know, bugs and stuff. And then, oh, yeah. But then you've get, some people like really hate ants and like weirds them out. So, a oh, little yeah. ant warning there okay. if you're not into it. But anyway, All right. um, so skip that, skip that portion of it. I don't know at what point we would put the video over if we even will, but whatever. I took a video of it and it was pretty cool. But anyway, mm. that's pretty dramatic. I have not had that happen very much, but I did that and I was like, that's fascinating. Nature. Okay, <laughs> there it is. Nature. Um, Gulag. so that was cool. Uh, I traveled last week, so I was gone. We had to record the pencast early. That's right. You went to Robocop country. I did, apparently. Um, yeah, it was so classic you drew like we, so I went with, um, Sam and Jen. So that's our director of ops and our director of HR, uh, went out there to a conference for, uh, it's called small giants. So it's an organization. It's based off the book by Bo Burlingham. Yeah. We talked about this last time. Yeah. Yeah. And we were listed as a small giants, like top 25 company a couple years ago. And, um, they have a summit every year. We did it virtually last year because COVID. So this was the first in-person one that we ever went to, which was cool and weird because it's still kind of COVID life. And, you know, I wore a mask a lot of time because I know, I still know people in my life who are getting sick and all this kind of stuff. It's not, not happening anymore, but it, we are like, okay, we do need to live a life of some point and the good content we had at this conference. So overall great trip. I'd never been to Detroit. I have never seen Canada with my eyes and literally Canada is like across the river from Detroit. So I got to see Canada. So that was neat. That's my like family's homeland, I guess, but I've never been. Anyway, so saw Canada, went to Detroit, ate some classic Detroit food. Um, apparently, uh, they have something called a loose hamburger, which is sort of like a sloppy Joe, but just like ground meat. It's not like the it's not like the Joe parts, just the sloppy. So, but it was like on a hot dog bun. Basically, it just seemed pretty lazy. It's like I don't really feel like pressing a hamburger into a patty and I don't really have any hot hamburger buns. We just throw in a hot dog. I was like, this is totally something like I might make my kids. Um, so that was interesting. Lots of like chili dogs and pizza and that type of stuff. And I was like, that all yeah, sounds good. Okay. I'm, I'm very anti sloppy Joe. Really? Oh God. No, my kids no. are not into the sloppy Joe either. No. I wish they were. Cause it's so easy to make. I don't mind the flavor. I just don't like the, the, the maintenance. You don't like the sloppiness of it? No. Why would like, what's the point of that? You could, you could, you could just pack that thing a little bit more together and have a great time. <laughs> Okay. You know, it's basically Fair like enough. just oh man. There you go. Uh, so I ate at a, uh, I don't know. I was in like the heart of Detroit, so it was like there was sports stadiums happening, and I was like, this is crazy because there's there's no professional sports teams in Virginia. Like we have like a minor league baseball team and all that kind of stuff, but it's like you know to have like multiple sports arenas there it's just like this is weird it makes um, me think of um robocop and beverly hills cop because okay axel foley was originally from detroit and there you go he always he wore the detroit lions uh jacket yeah. in the second and the go. third one i was like the lion stadium like was like right where i was staying pretty much yeah. um yeah and then uh i had some really good pizza detroit style pizza i'm a fan i'm a fan it's deep dish style, better so better like better Chicago. than italy very different. You very can't, different. You can't no, even you can't. It. It's you not can't. the same thing. It's not. No, it's, it's not, not even the same, the same type of food. Yeah, but it was really good pizza. So yeah, I ate well. I ate a lot while I was in Detroit, um, and then I had an ice cream. I can't remember the type of ice cream that it was. I don't think it's necessarily specific to Detroit. Whatever, but it was cool. So I had some very fancy ice cream as well. Um, but yeah, the conference itself is really good. So it's like very company culture related. Um, basically the whole idea with small giants, if you've never read the book is, um, basically you think of, you know, larger companies, uh, being very focused on culture and investing a lot and having perks for their employees and that type of thing. Um, you know, but the, the whole idea with small giants is like some smaller companies, they don't want to grow fast or grow really big, but they still want to have really intentional culture 
a great uh, environment uh, for their team, really close knit, that kind of thing. And that very much fits with the vibe that we just naturally had. So once we discovered that book a few years ago, it was like, oh, this sounds like us. So we've been keeping, you know, in touch with this group and done a couple things with them. Um, and uh, yeah, this is my first in-person thing with them. And I found a lot of good validation. And, you know, it was like typical kind of conference. There were speakers and breakout sessions and networking and that type of stuff. So it was pretty neat. Did so, yeah. anyone mention RoboCop? No one mentioned RoboCop except you. <sighs> Apparently RoboCop takes place in Detroit. Everybody that knows right? that. He's I've like... never seen RoboCop, by the way, any of them. There's multiple, right? Yes, the there's three. Okay, I've never seen it. Well, four if you count the remake, but we don't. Oh, you're one of those, huh? You I've never, I haven't seen it, you don't so count, I can't. You don't count ones in the franchise if you don't like it? Well, I mean, I, it like I, I, I've never count? seen, I haven't seen the remake, but no, generally okay. with remakes, you don't call those like, you know, Robo, that you wouldn't call that RoboCop 4 because it's not a continuation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not a continuation of the story, like, Okay. You know, yeah. you wouldn't call. What do you do with that? Like, what's it's just know. it's just a remake. You know. Okay. It's, it's just it's like you know the uh, the Ghostbusters you know uh, remake of 2016. That's just Ghostbusters 2016. But yes. Okay. Um, but if you wanted to call, you know, the most recent one Ghostbusters three, you could if you wanted to because it's in that same Did timeline. They call it Ghostbusters. No, they didn't. 3, though they didn't. Okay. But it's in the same timeline. It's a continuation like, of the existing story. Okay. The RoboCop remake was not a continuation of the existing story. Okay. Okay. I don't know how any of this works. It but, makes total sense. Like if you if you remade Fast and Furious, Brian, going back to that for you, um, you wouldn't call Fast and Furious is a hot mess when you talk about the it's naming. Still, it's still one continuous. Uh, <laughs> still one continuous story though, isn't it? Uh, not all of them. No. Wait, really? Yeah, like the second one is. Not really that continuous. And they have the any- third one is completely different. There's like nobody in the cast from any of the first two. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it gets pretty weird. And then they kind of come back to it. Oh. But they called the fourth one, like they also called it, they called it, I think it was Fast and Furious, not The Fast and The Furious, like the first one was. Yeah, yeah. It gets I, really confusing. Oh, okay. I can't well, even keep it straight. All right, well, I don't know. I don't even know what's vertical and what's horizontal. So <laughs> I can't keep all those movie titles straight. But anyway. Um, so yeah, that was really cool to go to that conference. Um, and then, but it was quick, man. It was like, I flew out midday on Tuesday and I came back Thursday night. It was like, oh my God. lickety split there and back. I mean, it's a direct flight from Richmond. It was like an hour and a half flight. Mm-hmm. So it's like pretty easy. That's yeah, not bad. But uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It's cool to see people and do things again. Um, and then Saturday I had my birthday, obviously, which we already talked about. Kept it low key, you know, saw a little bit of family. Did a lot of work outside. It was gorgeous this past weekend. Like the weather was perfect. So I basically spent like all weekend outdoors. I it mean, really it's was. Pollen like a friggin' dude, champion. Dude, I am like, I have the worst allergies in my life this year. Yeah, everybody's struggling around here. Richmond like, is like the worst place for Last allergies. week while you were gone, I had to tell Rachel th- two days in a row, like, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm done. I, my body is just rejecting life right now. We, like, yeah, I, we, I, I need to go. I mean, our, all of our team is legitimately having a hard time getting a full work day in oh because everybody is like dying. I, to, I told you, you, normally when I'm leaving the building, I eject myself down the stairs. Yeah. Um, I w- didn't do that last week. I'm like Whoa. one stair, one step at a time. Whoa. Like something's wrong. I don't know. It could be age too. No, because yeah, yes, because your luster. No, uh, yes, yesterday I went home. I was like, hey, Shannon, I'm feeling better. She's like, oh, really? I was like, yep. I like, I, I bounded. You bound, I bounded, bounded to my car. I'm like, <laughs> if anybody's watching me leave here, they probably think I hate my job because of how. Like, I'm so how, glad to get out of here. Yeah, because I'm like, just like, boop, 
<laughs> Give it a little mic. Oh, I hope no one's watching me. I don't care. Whatever. But they also don't realize you're also doing that into the or office. Or they might just be like, that guy's a really happy, happy dude. And they'd be right about that. They would be right about that. But I also like my job, so they're wrong about that. There you go. Um, yeah. I don't know. I did a lot of things. I did a little welding. I ran a little electrical. I just did all kinds of random stuff. I just love doing stuff. Did you get anything for your birthday? Did anybody give you a nifty gifty? Um, did you get yourself my, a nifty gifty? I didn't give myself anything. I buy myself things all the time so i don't feel like i need to do it on special days um my mom gave me some chocolate there you go you like chocolate i love chocolate so yeah that was it i don't know i'm not to me like everybody's like oh what are you doing for your birthday i'm like oh no whatever it's like to me it's like yeah oh, it's, it's cool yeah okay it's my birthday but I'm, I'm definitely not like and i'm not anti-birthday either it's just never been that big of a deal for me yeah. personally. I totally get it for other people like celebrate, yay. But I'm just like, I just don't like need that. I'm fine. Yeah, that's kind of the way I was this year. We went out to eat with my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but originally I I told Shannon, like, no, nah, we can just go me, you, and Archer. But she was like, no, no, no. She got my brothers together. She yeah, thought, yeah. thought she was. But the whole reason I didn't want to was because I went to this uh, Cajun place downtown. Mm. And I know that their seating sucks. They have one table oh. that can fit six people. So I'm like, let's just go the three of us because otherwise it's a nightmare to wait. Oh, yeah. But she wanted to be nice. So she invited my brothers on secret. Okay. So we got there and I'm like, oh, hey, guys. Oh, this is so cool. But in my mind, I'm like, dang it. We're going to... Th- if that one table isn't available and it wasn't, waiting, waiting. we waited an hour. Oh, that's and nice. I'm like happy, but I'm also just like, I just want to eat. It's yeah, my birthday. I just want to eat. So it was nice to see them, but yeah. I see them enough. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like my family all lives in town too. So it's like, yeah. it's cool to see them on my birthday, but it's like, I would probably be seeing them on a weekend anyway yeah you know what i mean so it's like that's cool like we'll do something together like i don't know we got like red robin takeout or something i got I think i got a salad rachel was like aren't you gonna get anything i was like i just ate horribly on this trip i ate like cheeseburgers oh, and yeah. you know pizza and stuff like that i was like i kind of just want a salad <laughs> so i didn't even do anything crazy but good time with the family and all that kind of stuff Look we did this, get Brian. We did get... Uh, the, 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 I just realized the Supra is like the same size yeah, like the, as the, the Lilliput. Yeah, when you take out the midsection. Yeah. Wow, that's surprising. I, like I knew it yeah. was small, but not that small. Yeah. That's that. right. I think it'd be oh. cool if they had like a Lilliput midsection that you could make it longer. Just like the, you know, if you could fit a full-size converter yeah. in the Lilliput, that would be yeah. cool. Wow. Okay, But that's sorry. not a thing. Where are you um, I don't know. I'm just going on at this point. Worked outside. Birthday salad. Birthday salad. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we did get so, oh so a couple of things that you alluded to earlier that I wanted to bring up the Lego thing you mentioned the ordering the thing so Joseph like ordered a Lego minifigure that he wanted oh okay but it was like some obscure thing I guess he found it in a book or whatever I don't know he just liked the look of it but it was like some special edition they only had available for like one week 10 years ago mm-hmm. and they're like $400 to get that minifigure. It's some Darth Vader version, something or other. I don't know. So we bought like a knockoff version mm-hmm. of it for 10 bucks or something. We bought our just some knockoffs at yeah. the, at the comic con we went to. There were yeah. people just selling a bunch of them like, Oh my God, it's a mega man Lego. I'm like, yeah, that's not real. You're like, that's not Lego, but that's fine. Yeah. So anyway, he bought a brick figure, uh, and he's so happy. And then we also got, so we had a Nintendo Wii back in the day and we did like Wii Sports a bunch and we, we actually still have a Wii and my kids like it, which I don't because it's a pain to set it up, but whatever, it's fine. It's fun. And so we got the, uh, I guess they like redid it. They have a Nintendo Switch Sports. I heard about that. Yeah. So we got it in, but we haven't played it yet. 
So we'll play it at some point, but maybe I'll talk about it next week once we've actually played it. Nice. But family's pretty excited about that. Very cool. Yeah, I keep cutting trees down. So I'm like, they want to play it and I get in and it's like bedtime. Yeah. Kids. I'm like, whoops. Oh, well, sorry. I was cutting trees down. I like cut a tree down and then it falls across the driveway and I'm like, well, crap. I have to, I have to finish this now because we can't bring the kids did you, to school. Did you, in the did you intend for it to fall across the driveway? Yeah. Oh, okay. But then I, I realized once I actually cut it down, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm very committed now at this point. I need to get this out. I'm of the literally driveway. trapped in my, yeah, I've trapped property my family now. Yeah. and I have to stay and do this. But it's fine. They kid, they play video games all the time. It's they're fine to not do it at a certain night. Anyway, that's all we got. So, um, moving on to company updates. I don't really have a whole lot. Our team is doing well. It's getting warm. Lots of pollen. We've already mentioned these things. Um, we do have a video that we put out this week on waterproof inks. I think we alluded to this last week, and we're like, we, we did, but then I think I cut it because point. we didn't. Oh, because we do didn't it. do it. Yeah. Oh well, maybe we don't have to. Whatever. I think it got cut, so yeah. maybe we didn't mention it last week. Well, if we did mention it, now it has launched. So go check that out and let Drew know what you think about his um, bracketing regimen. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. It never is. Um, so yeah, we have that. And then, uh, I don't know, not a whole lot else going on on the company front. Can you think of anything? We're just kind of um, doing our thing. Uh, Trevor and Brandon have been playing a lot of, uh, Mike Tyson's punch out on the arcade machine. Oh, that's pretty important. So there has been, okay, there has so been that. Getting some love on the arcade machine. Hey, apparently, that's pretty rad. apparently Trevor's just a Mike Tyson punch out guy. He doesn't play any other video games, but that, that's it. That's but he, the but one? He, he can kill on some Mike Tyson's punch out. Okay. Okay. I think he's a bit of a ringer. He's like, oh, I don't know video games. Boop, 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 boop. And mm. I was like, what? I was like, right. I, I see you. All right. But I'm just glad the arcade machine is getting used. I'm kind of like you. I don't have any video games that I would consider myself oh, good at. I'm garbage. I just like play for my own entertainment. Yeah, same. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. All right. I think that's pretty much all we got, Drew. I don't know. I think we've uh, we've done enough. So that's what we got for this week. Um, I want to thank you all for watching. Please leave us some feedback about how we're doing. Ask us questions. Um, anything that we can answer on the show, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, definitely check out GoodlyPens.com for fountain pen, ink, paper, all that stuff. Wax seals, desk blotters, all these things you've heard us talk about. <laughs> Maybe not desk blotters because Drew doesn't like them. Um, sign up for YouTube, Instagram, all these things. We're playing a little bit on TikTok too. Go mess around on that. Uh, you can email us at pencast at GoodlyPens.com if you're on the audio podcast thing and you don't want to go to any of these other channels and look at comments. That's fine too. You can email us. Uh, and my random fact, it's actually a video game fact. Drew, I've shared this one with you before, so it won't be a surprise. I probably you, forgot. But, uh, so in 1972, Nolan Bushnell started the gaming company Atari, which is part of where Steve Jobs got his start, but that's a side fact. Um, Atari gave us the classic arcade game Pong. Well, Bushnell was only there for four years and the following year after he left, he started Chuck E. Cheese, the restaurant franchise, which has a lots of games in it. I don't know if that's international. Maybe that's just a U.S. thing. But basically, you get usually pretty low-rent food, pizza, chicken tenders, that type of stuff. And they have all kinds of arcade games and video games and mm -hmm. things like that. So kids freaking love it. And adults think it's fine. Um, at best, yeah. But at in, most adults, <laughs> at most adults hate it and yeah. don't even set foot in there. But uh, there is uh, apparently one game in the Chuck E. Cheese that's called Pong, 
that is basically, or no, it's, uh, it's called Ping, which is like a knockoff version of Pong because, you know, even though he started Atari, he couldn't like use the licensed version. So he created his own knockoff. I just think that's really entertaining. Nice. So yeah. I don't know. If that, are they still a thing? Chuck E. Cheese, are they like still around? There's one, there's one near me. <sighs> okay. I mean, obviously yeah. we haven't, been, we, we've taken Archer there a few times. Definitely not since the pandemic for I sure. Yeah. I took my kids there a couple of times and they enjoyed it. But, I tell you, it's a lot more clean than it was when I was a kid. Yeah. Like when I, when we were kids, there was that disgusting ball pit. And I feel like, like everything was grosser back then. Yes, though. absolutely. Just in general. Absolutely yeah. it was. Yeah. Everything was sticky when we were a kid. Even the carpet. Like if you went into mm. an arcade in the early 90s, the carpet was not vile. Good. Not good. Movie theaters. It, it was like mostly was gum. Yeah. It was like only a little bit of fabric. Wow. It was like just mostly mm. gum. Wow. Uh, but now it's like a lot of people think Chuck E. Cheese is like just, oh God, because of the memories of the late 80s, early 90s. Do, um, do you wonder, is that actually different though? Or just as a kid, are you just touching things that as an adult, you look at it and you're like, I'm not touching that. I don't think so because everything is way more brightly lit nowadays. Mm. I think that okay. everybody is a little bit more hygiene conscious. Okay. Things get cleaned more regularly. I would hope and, so. And um, yeah, I think just kids are less gross and sticky than they were in the early 90s. Hmm. Uh, but so it's not that bad. I mean, it's still, it, they're kids. So I mean, so they're I mean, going to be gross and sticky. Yeah, yeah no exactly. Why. It's all gross, but <laughs> it's less gross than it was when we were kids for sure. Fair enough. Sad, sadly, there are like no arcade games though. Like no like actual video games. When we were kids, there were actual games like mm. coin operated video games. Now it's all like ticketing based David Buster's style stuff. Yeah. So, eh. It's fine. Do? What are you going to do? Yeah, you're right. Now that I remember that, because I only took my kids there a couple of times, but it was all like ticket base. And then they're getting like Tootsie Rolls and stuff. And I'm like, guys, you realize we can just go buy this like at the convenience store. That's not, don't, like don't, a, don't be one of those like dads. Let them get their Chinese no, finger I traps. My, I teach my kids to be their practical. Their cushions. No, I let them have fun. Okay. But I make sure that they know what they're paying. It's like, different. They earned, they, they, they won these items. They didn't earn that nothing. To, that Tootsie Roll You're like was a prize. You're like playing a game that like the light goes around and you hit a button <laughs> and it gives you tickets. Oh yeah, you really earned that. It's, yeah, it's you should a, feel great about that. Just <laughs> savor that dum-dum that you got that cost me that $12. That dum-dum tastes like victory. I guess. Victory flavor. That dum-dum, dum-dum should dum. taste like consequence. They should know. <laughs> they should know what the costs are. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. Oh man. Oh, anyway, here we are. We're in Turkey Hammock Land. Oh, yes, we are. My face hurts now. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you all. We hope you enjoyed this uh, rendition of episode 45 of our pencast. <clears throat> and then you swallow. I was, was going to try and make it to the end, and I couldn't do it. Valiant effort. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Tastes like consequences. We'll catch it. That's right. <laughs> Taste that consequence. <laughs> right on. <laughs>